Yes, that is right. Rob and Akiva need a podcast. Thank you to the uh, great Adam Berkowitz who uh, composed the ever so catchy theme to Rob and Akiva need a podcast. The podcast that you are listening to, the podcast that I co-host with this man, a man who is to know him is to love him, that he has podcast about every single episode of Seinfeld and many other topics, including the NFL, the greatest Minnesotan of all time, serial, and many other subjects. Please welcome in the great Akiva Winokur. Akiva, how are you? Rob, can we listen? This is a strange request. Okay. Can we listen to the end of our theme song again? I have a question for okay. you about this theme song. All right. Where do you want to jump in? Uh, go towards like the, towards the end, the halfway okay. or or right, even let me like see. Let's see. How was that? I think we need to go a little further back. Okay. All right. <laughs> how about okay, how about from from here? Yes. What what are you looking for? Okay. So uh, Ali Lasher asked this question, and I was wondering the same thing. What is the theme song singer, Adam? What is he singing every weekend? Yeah. And then does he say better attack? I think he says better attend. Better attend what? That doesn't make any sense. Attend a podcast. Every weekend better attend? That there's no way he's saying that. (laughs) You don't think so? Okay. Let's see. It sounds like better attack. Pretty sure it's better attend. You better, better attend. attend. You don't miss an episode. Do you have Adam's phone number? Can we call him? I don't him? have his phone number. You email him. I don't even have his email. <laughs> I actually checked. I was curious. I was going to email him myself. I, have I don't it. have his email. I have it. Okay. Ask All him. right. So here, this could be an adventure for the podcast. Can you Maybe email him right now? Are you saying there's a clue inside the <laughs> lyrics of the song that opens the podcast? If you listen to it backwards... Mm-hmm. Uh, it says that, uh, you know, this is going to be our best episode. What, okay, so email Adam and say, we were just playing your theme song multiple times on the show. Okay. And we want to know after you say every weekend, what is that? What is the verse? Is it better at 10? Is it better attend? Is mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, you, I don't know the best podcast in the world. Like I have no idea what he's saying. Okay. It sounds like he's saying better. So w- let's see if by the uh, end of the episode, can, we can, can get you an settle a debate. Uh, between uh, myself and Uncle Kiwi. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> what are the lyrics to the Renap theme song? Uh, specifically, 
<laughs> what comes after every weekend? Dot dot dot. Okay. All right. And, and what's your bet? What do you what do you say? I really don't know. I'm I'm only like confident that you're wrong. I, I'm not confident in myself being right. I want to say like better at if you put a gun to my head right now, I'd say better at ten. Better at ten, like the volume. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, or like, at ten, or maybe we, we did a lot of top ten lists early on before he wrote the theme song. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, ten or trash. Yeah, so it could be. It could be better uh, uh, every weekend. Uh, it's a ten, maybe something like that. But a ten kind of rhymes with weekend. Yeah. All right. So let's. I mean, I don't think we're. I think both of us are wrong. But let's see if Adam responds by the end of the episode. Last week, Akiva, we mm-hmm. spoke to the great Antonio Mazzaro and uh, almost uh, 100% approval rating for the return of Antonio and the Conspirapod 2. Yeah, it was like a documentary on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, 100% approval. Mm-hmm. When you say almost, did somebody say they didn't like it? I can't think of anybody. If they did, they didn't say anything. Yeah, if they did, they'd I mean, probably be embarrassed to show their face in public. I can't imagine Cal Ripken loved it. That's true. Cal Ripken, the Costner, not a fan. Shakespeare. Um, yeah, Shakespeare, I guess. Avril Levine. Yeah, Avril. I guess. No. Yeah, there's probably a lot of people didn't like it. Probably <laughs> the new Avril Levine and the old. Well, the old Avril Levine. Alison Rodner. Sure. Yeah, that's so, true. A lot of people uh, were uh, not happy with the truth bombs that Antonio was dropping on us on last week's episode. Uh, yeah, it was too real. Uh, but people are already clamoring for a uh, for the third episode of the trilogy. And, uh, you know, I'm sure one day we can make that happen. Yeah. Can't rush it out. Can't do no. one of these things where we release like two and three too close together. That's never a success. But you also don't want to be you don't want to be like frozen where like they've got the, the rapt attention of every child in the country. And then they just go away for like 12 years and don't release a movie. And then by the time they release the second one, everyone who liked it has already moved on to like being an adult. Mm-hmm. Okay. You All have right. sons. You don't even. You weren't even like part of this no. whole Frozen craze. There's no Frozen talk at my at my house uh, mm-hmm. at all. Nobody cares uh, yeah. at at my house at my house. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about a movie, a movie called National Treasure, uh, Renational Treasure. They're calling it sometimes. Uh, Robin Akiva steal the Declaration of Independence. The name of this episode. It was pointed out that perfectly timed for our 4th of July week episode as we are talking about Renational Treasure. Yeah, there was a lot of controversy about having this movie in the uh, crappy movie diaper where we yeah. select bad movies from. Because, and this is the first movie to ever come out of the diaper. It's been around for months, but this is the first time the wheel ever landed on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people saying it's not bad enough for the diaper. I agree that I watched this. I think I don't I didn't watch it when it was in theaters, but I think I watched it uh, like on an airplane. I remember uh, one time and I have to say I really enjoyed it. I thought that it's a good movie and I thought it held up well. Yeah. First of all, I had no idea you'd seen the movie. To me, that means that maybe uh, maybe it's a little bit of a ringer coming in. I'm a ringer of, of national You're not treasure. A ringer. I think the movie itself is a ringer. Or are you saying that that it should be on the rewatchables and it should yes. have been on the ringer? Has Bill? Yes. Well, both. Has Bill Simmons done National Treasure and the rewatchables? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it qualifies as a rewatchable for Bill Simmons. Uh, I could say I, there was a funny uh, someone posted in the Ringer Reddit during the Stanley Cup Finals. 
Yes. And they were like, uh, there are currently seven different articles about the TV show Big Little Lies on the ringer.com and zero on this sports site mentioning the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and to be fair, uh, you know, there is like a corporate connection with uh, Big Little Lies. So it's even worse that they just nonstop talk about it as if they really like it as opposed to they're contractually obligated to. Um, yeah, I, this movie isn't I don't it's not like an incredible movie, but I think it's probably too good for the diaper. I do wonder if we have to analyze the rest of the movies in diaper. Like, are they too good? But yeah, it's it's also like I, there's still a lot of meat on the bone to like make fun of. I think there is a lot going on here that we could fix. And also, do you know, how about this? Do you know what National Treasure 2 is about? Uh, I did look it up. Uh, I I, I, I know a a little bit, a little bit about it. All right, because at the end, I was, so maybe I'll just guess and you'll tell me if I'm right or not, because I thought we would be, it would be fun if we could sort of guess what National Treasure 2 is just based on watching this movie. Yeah, I I know a tiny, I think I know a couple of the plot points, but I don't know necessarily what the, oh, what the total arc of the movie is. And there is some controversy about National Treasure 3 and yes. why it hasn't been able to get off the ground. Yes. Well, did National Treasure 2 do well? Because National Treasure 1 no. was a massive hit. Yes. Huge hit. Uh, and then National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets uh, did not do uh, nearly as well. So I'm not sure what they spent on National Treasure 2 after the success a National Treasure won, but I believe it was a big disappointment. I mean, it's definitely an expensive movie. Mm-hmm. Like even, the, even the first one, they spent a lot of money. I'm sure after the first one was a hit, they probably went all out for the second they movie. They probably went all out for the second one. And then uh, it ended up uh, being uh, like probably a critical and a box office uh, disappointment. So the first movie is like a critical disaster, right? And critics destroyed oh, this movie. Did they? I mean, I think so. I don't I, like it wasn't like like renowned, like re, uh, resoundly pounded. But I think like resoundly it, pounded. Uh, I, like I was trying to say a different word. I don't know what I end. But <laughs> like, I think it was one of these movies where it, it got a, two stars from a lot of people. And then the audience is really like yeah. its audience score was like an A, but the critic score was like a C plus. Hold on. We're, we're dead wrong. Uh, National Treasure Book of Secrets uh, that uh, I'm on the Wikipedia right now. So the film premiered uh, December 2007, and like its predecessor, the film received mixed reviews, but was a box office success, grossing over $457 million worldwide. Wait, Rob, can I can I interrupt the, the podcast for a second for some sure. breaking news? Yes. So um, on Wednesday night, as one does, I fell asleep on my iPhone. Okay. okay. And... Um, I uh, woke up Thursday and it was nowhere to be found. And I the only and I it was the it was a phone was dead and I couldn't find it. And I figured, all right, I'll find it. And I spent the whole day looking for it. Is this part of the podcast or no? This is part of the podcast. Okay, okay. You could cut it if it's boring. No, that's so keep going. So I um, I spent the whole day Thursday looking for it. I bribed my children. I told them I'd buy whatever they wanted if they found my stupid phone because we're about to like travel all over the world. I'm going to. Uh, France and New York and Florida and Minnesota. Like I, I can't not have a phone or have to worry about. It. I don't have time to find a new phone now. Get buy a new phone. So, uh, I it's Saturday night now, and three days later, I could not find my phone. Seventy two hours, mm-hmm. and I figured like, all right, I'm gonna have to go buy my phone. And right now, my eldest child just walked in with my phone. So where'd you find it? In my room. it does that mean that you lost it? Nope. Why was it in your room? I don't know. All right, get out of here. Hey, hmm. you don't get no presents. That was hey, yeah, no. Give it to me. All right, she just stole it back. All right, get out of here. I'm on the podcast. Okay. 
So you were sleeping and yes. you were holding it and then you woke up and it was gone. Did your gone. daughter take totally it out of your gone. hands? I, that, I Listen, I'm going to get to the bottom of this later. I mean, how did it end up in her room? It was it, like WhatsApp web, which only works in my office. Like it doesn't doesn't track if you leave my, you know, you go far from my room, you know, was was still pinging at like noon the next day where she wasn't even home. So it doesn't even make sense. It's weird. I, yeah, it's weird. She stole my phone. But anyway, uh, I was about to tell that story at the beginning. But then I got yeah. I, I the, the, just the fact that I don't have my phone. And like, is that insane that I fell asleep on my phone? And it's like I tore my room apart four times. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever done that. I also I. I once felt my mom bought me um, a twelve hundred dollar pair of glasses, like super expensive glasses for my sister's wedding. Yeah. That I would never have bought on my own. And uh, right after the wedding, I fell asleep watching TV uh, with my glasses on. And when I woke up in the morning, uh, half my glasses were missing. Like I broke them. And like the what's it called? The stick. I should know this. I've worn glasses for 30 years. You know, the le- like the sticks on the glasses. Which part is the stick? Like the part of the frame, like the sticks that that, led, that like hang on your ears. OK, yeah, there was it was gone. I never found it. Like I moved out of that house two years later and I never found like the half of that glasses. And hmm. I just like never wore those like thousand dollar glasses again. OK, uh, so I have a bad they... history of, of like falling asleep with things. And were they and never... like the Benjamin Franklin glasses that Nicolas Cage finds inside the brick in this film? That was probably what I was using the day I lost my real glasses and I had to go to work with like a backup pair of glasses. <laughs> okay, so interesting. I had thought that the legacy of National Treasure was I, I thought the first one was a hit. And then they went back to the well with the second one and then thought it was a bomb. But no, uh, second one actually made more money than the first one on a $130 million budget actually comes in at $457 million worldwide. So I wonder if this was more of a Nick Cage is off the deep end. I think think he's not insurable now, probably. You're probably right. You think that's what it is? Because because then he has a lot of other movies that are in uh, to get in a, a little IMD bags here. Mm-hmm. He's got like a lot of movies that start uh, coming out where it's uh, similar, like conspiracy theory. He's chasing stuff. There's aliens and he's got a lot of wacky movies coming up. Post. Yeah, I, th- the I, sequel. I think to, to spend, you know, easy into the nine figures on a movie like this, you have to have a reliable lead. And I guess like maybe it was just such a nightmare on set. I didn't see any stories about uh, national treasure one. I tried not to Google anything, but national treasure two. It mm-hmm. is weird. Like doesn't Disney like money? It's also this movie's PG. Like yeah. I ended up not watching with my kids. Cause I guess they were busy losing my phone and then lying about it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> You could have, no, this was, it's, it's a great it's kids PG. movie. It is a great kids movie. I meant to watch with them, but they, they, uh, they bailed on me to do something better. Yeah. In um, watching this, uh, I, I would say it's it's almost like a uh, it's an Indiana Jones uh, mm. with uh, less violence, less Nazis, uh, more more family friendly. Uh, I really thought it held up. I, I, I could not rave more about a National Treasure. Um, yeah, I've never seen any of the Indiana Jones movies, but I have seen like the show at Universal or or where whatever park it's. At. <laughs> yeah. You've never seen any of no interest. I have an interest. It's just too late now. I only watch movies from the current year. Okay. Other than, unless it's for a podcast. Like I did this because I had to. Don't watch but, the fourth uh, one. 
Yeah, the fourth Indiana Jones one with like Shia LaBeouf or whatever. I'm not yeah, gonna watch that. Yeah, don't do, don't do that. Should no, we put that? Is that's too good for the crappy movie diaper, right? In the Indiana Jones movies. Nobody wants to hear about that. Nobody wants to hear about Indiana Jones and the and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and especially if you don't have the you know nostalgia for Indiana right. Jones. I I don't think it's a good fit. Uh, all right, so. What are we going to do? We're going to we're going to recap National Treasure here. Yeah, and talk let's to- recap the movie. And then I have uh, a little game for us to play. I've got Roger Ebert's review, which is absolutely bananas that I want to read. Uh, and a few other uh, I got I found some fun facts about the movie. We got some talking points here. OK, uh, so we are going to touch on the story of uh, National Treasure, which uh, opens up with the uh, telling of a uh, a legend, a legend that's been passed down throughout the Gates family, which involves Akiva, a uh, legendary treasure passed down through the ages from the Knights Templar of the Crusades. They accumulated this fortune. It ended up being part of the uh, the the colonial uh, group. Well, what would you call them? The founding fathers who. Yeah. Ended up uh, putting together the United States of America. And uh, there is a history of uh, perhaps did the founding fathers have a great treasure, a legendary treasure. And did oh, are there clues that are uh, pointing to that treasure in different icons and uh, legends passed down from the age of the uh, colonial founding fathers? Yeah, um, I also like so the movie starts with um, a kid, you know, hearing a story from his grandfather. And the kid, of course, is it ends up being Nick, Nick Cage. I think a lot of 90s movies start this way, right? Where it's like you're in an attic somewhere looking for some, you know, old document. And it's like pre-computers. And then there's like an old man telling a story. It's it's very like uh, it feels like 20 different 90s movies. Can you name some? Uh no, but if I saw him, I could name him. <laughs> like I feel like Indian that sounds like the, like the Goonies. Okay, Indian yeah. in the cupboard. Okay, <laughs> Any, anything I, else is treasure hunting. No, not just treasure hunting. Just like starting in an attic. I feel like every like all of like the off-brand Macaulay Culkin movies. Like every, oh, there were a lot of nice movies that started with like finding something in an attic. Yeah, and in the midst of this uh, telling, the you know the grandfather is uh, telling the kid about this. Uh, here comes John Voight, who is, uh, the kid's dad and he kicks in the door and is like, are you telling that story again? I uh, I hate this. Now, maybe Voight is another reason why they haven't made, uh, National Treasure 3. Well, yes. Is he in National Treasure 2? John Voight comes in, he shuts it, shuts it down. And if there's one thing that John Voight hates, it's conspiracy theories, any sort of, you know, far out crazy talk. John Voight does not care for any of that, Akiva. Yeah, I, I think he like sort of, you know, Nick Cage is John is Voight his- likes things that are uh, he adheres to the facts and does that doesn't like anybody or anything that's into conspiracy theories. If anybody right. knows anything about John Voight. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And he's uh, embarrassed, uh, you know, of all his way more successful children. Um, <laughs> yeah. He hates his kids. <laughs> uh, by the way, they all have like crazy names that are based off like founding fathers or old school like major players in like uh, 19th century America or 18th century. So it's like 
Nicholas Cage's character's name is Benjamin Franklin Gates. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Foyt is Patrick. John Foyt is Patrick Henry Gates. Um, the the grandpa is John Adams Gates. Mm-hmm. You know, they all have uh, pretty wild names. Yeah. Should you do that with like a uh, legendary uh, sports figures? What? Na- what do you mean? Should like, I Should do your that? parents have named you like uh, Joe Namath Winnaker? I would be probably much happier if I was named <laughs> Joe Namath Winnaker. I'd probably have more of a drinking problem. <laughs> okay so uh that's basically uh the setup here and we are left with the phrase hey the secret lies with charlotte and you're like who's this lady charlotte mm-hmm. is it a spider now i have to say i don't want to throw christopher Plummer on the bus who is going to be dead by the next scene mm-hmm. but he did a terrible job looking for this treasure he didn't even get to the first clue <laughs> yeah like in the span of like an hour benjamin franklin benjamin franklin you know N- nicholas cage gets like six different clues all around the world in one hour of the movie which is like a couple weeks i guess in real time mm-hmm. like christopher Plummer wasted his life looking for the treasure to no avail like he's a loser well maybe he wasn't good at treasure hunting and yeah. then uh then uh, nicholas cage like john john void he brought up john void and john void wasn't really that good at treasure yeah, hunting he either he, I'm, he at least quit like christopher Plummer must have been going until he was like too old to try right. john void i think tried for like 20 years and then like gave it up to try and live a normal life but both of them are failures like yeah. their son just by getting to like clue two demolishes them and then Nick Cage is like brought up in this house of like two generations of it. So, so he sort of is like uh, able to take to it much quicker. I guess you know, they always say the third generation treasure hunter is, like mm-hmm. you know, he's got he, he's just got all the skills. Yeah. OK, so we cut to then present day and uh, we are uh, north of the Arctic Circle. That seems vague. Yeah, I get, yeah. Th- I mean, a lot of this movie is is vague with that stuff. Like, I, I wh- where do you think that treasure is? I have no idea. It just yeah. looks cold. Okay, so we've had Nick Cage's character. He's been looking for this thing, and then he has like a, a backer who uh, we are introduced to here, who is uh, also looking for this legendary treasure. Somebody is buying into what he's selling. Yeah. So the the um the, what's the evil backer's name? Ian. Yeah, played by Sean Bean. Yeah. Uh, I will say, if you want to find a treasure, like, you, I don't know if you could trust the evil billionaire to help you find the treasure. Like, what, what, what do you think their deal was? Like, that they would split the money 50-50? I don't know if it's necessarily a uh, 50-50 share. I think that uh, Nick Cage, I think that he was seemed more interested in just, uncovering the treasure yeah, then he's not motivated by money which is right. why it's such a bad move by by ian like ian should have you know worked with nicholas cage because he's he's not just a sucker he's like you could give him one percent and he'll be happy yeah so i really don't understand the science behind all this akiva of uh what is this ship and how did it end up north of the arctic circle is it like us also a submarine? I have no idea. It's not really clear what's going on. And the ship is about to be blown up. So we won't really get. Yeah. The answer. So the ship has the the first clue. I really didn't get of how this ship ended up and what this ship had to do with the founding fathers and how it ended up north of the Arctic Circle. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. Right. How'd the ship end up here? It moved also. I like that. Yeah, that's the least uh, clear to me of all the yeah. clues. There's like some sort of like uh, techno babble about how that maybe something ended up being like uh, this was uh, things ha- things happened in the weather patterns. But I don't know. Was this global warming? Was this what happened? It's possible. Now, did the founding fathers foresee it and they and they knew about this? And this is sort of their message <laughs> about global warming. Yeah. OK, so. Akiva, we end up everybody, they get they find the, the, the ship and it's under the snow and then they start exploring. They're looking for a, a clue here inside the frozen ship. Uh, we should talk about we have uh, sort of like a doofus assistant for uh, Benjamin Franklin Gates, uh, Nick Cage's uh, assistant, who is really there to be like the comic relief uh, in the movie. Do you like Riley? Okay, so Riley, uh, he's played by Justin Bartho, who yes. I guess is best known for being the guy in the hangover who's not really in the hangover because he's always disappearing. Yeah. Right. He's the friend who's like getting married Doug. and Doug, but they Dougie, Doug, Doug. But there's no um, like he has like four lines in the movie because he's gone the whole movie or else, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, Eric, uh, Eric Orvieto, a listener, writes in and says, uh, is Riley in the pantheon of most annoyingly useless movie characters? Hmm. OK. He really has no. You're, you're right. He's the comic relief, but he's not funny. Uh, we get very little of him to the point where I'm not sure that character should exist. Uh, yeah, I don't know why he's necessarily there. I, I honestly I don't even know what the relationship is here with uh, Nicolas Cage. It's like some sort of like a Doc Brown, Marty McFly type relationship where I, I don't know what he's bringing to the table. He seems just like a like a doofus. Was this like the only person that Nick Cage could get to be like his assistant? I think he's his best friend. Here's the thing. You either have to use him more or don't use him at all. Don't make him a character. Yeah, like, I didn't mind Nick him. Cage, I, I thought he was fine. I thought he was he fine. He didn't bother me, but I feel like he he's just taking up his wallpaper. Like, he's just taking up uh, space in the movie. Yeah, he doesn't say anything that's that funny along the way, but the uh, Nick Cage character is uh, not really a jokester. So I guess they felt like they needed somebody in there to give some wisecracks. Mm-hmm. Also, like, is this right after the hangover? They must have been like, oh, let's get someone from the hangover and Galifianakis, who would have been like really good in that role if they had also given him some funny lines or something. You think this movie came after the hangover? What year did the hangover come out? I think the hangover is like 2009. This is uh, at least, you know, uh, oh, five so years. Then why before are that. they why are they bothering with a pre hangover? Justin Bartha? That makes no sense to me. Uh, I don't know if I think this was probably his first big break. Yeah, you're right. Hangover is nine. Yeah, this is, must have been his first role. I'm surprised yeah. the guy. I guess. I guess the only reason they got the hangover is like, all right, he doesn't have to do anything there anyway. He's just he could just he could just be the guy who disappears. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he is back in uh, National Treasure Book of Secrets. Maybe that's the issue. Barth is holding out for uh, for too much cash for National Treasure. Yeah. Three. it's holding up the movie. Okay, so on the frozen ship, they find another clue, and uh, really, it's kind of a weird thing. It's like like a pipe that has uh, a uh, a roller on it nick cage knows immediately to like uh prick his finger instead of using like uh ink he just like bleeds all over this artifact that they found and then he starts rolling it out and then there's a uh, real quick double cross where sean bean is basically telling him like uh hey i'm i'm gonna you know uh go after this myself 
Yeah, they must think at this point it's like a two clue treasure because they don't, they don't realize they're going to need Nicolas Cage for a million more clues. Mm-hmm. So there is a uh, a breakup of sorts. I mean, like a breakup that's done with like guns and a lot of shooting and, you know, leaving them behind in the Arctic. Yeah. And the ship happens to be filled with gunpowder and uh, Nick Cage uh, lights a flare and basically says, if you shoot me, then I'll drop this flare and then this whole this whole thing will explode, uh, which sort of uh, sets up this running conversation of uh, about bluffing. Yeah, there. I wonder if there was more of that in the uh, like, you know, because this movie was written like one of these Hollywood movies that was written 40 different times by 20 different like screenwriting teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is like a lot of like, you know, they, they mentioned poker once and bluffing comes up a bunch of times. I wonder if there was like a poker scene that got excised from the final cut there in the IMDb fun facts, which are pretty wild for this movie. Uh, the uh, director, John Turtletaub, said on the DVD, the initial rough cut for this movie was four hours long. Oh, my God. Yeah. And this is already a ten, two hour, yeah. ten minute movie. And of course, uh, the big piece of information they get from the clue is that there is uh, some sort of a secret that's on the Declaration of Independence. And that's that's really where this conflict comes from, where Sean Bean is willing to do whatever it takes to get his hands on the Declaration of Independence, whereas uh, Nicolas Cage is interested, but does not want to do anything underhanded. Isn't Sean Bean like, is he a billionaire? You think like, what is his goal just to get more? Oh, do you, I, I think even the like, actor. No, 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 no. I mean, maybe from the look, isn't he on Lord of the Rings? Isn't he in Lord? Like, but the, um, hey, he's on Game of Thrones. Sean Bean. Yeah. Who am I? He's not in. He, Sean Bean is not from Lord of the Rings. Uh, I think you are thinking of Sean Astin. Oh, Sean Astin. Oh, OK. They both they both played Rudy. Sean Bean played Rudy in the sequel. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, so who's Sean Bean in, Sean, in Game of Ned Thrones? Stark. Oh, he's Ned. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah he, he, but he's got long hair here. He's got much longer hair than Ned did. No, mm, I I think that Ned Stark had like the man bun uh, kind yeah, of the going man bun on. as opposed to he's got the flowing hair here. Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, Ned Stark uh, didn't let his hair down too many times. Uh, his head fell down though. <laughs> um, I think I, I think. Um, like what is his plan sean bean or ian like what you know he's already so rich like he's just gonna steal the you know like is he gonna get the treasure and he his interest i guess is purely financial like he doesn't want to be famous right yeah maybe he's over leveraged in terms of that he is like uh borrowing a ton of money to finance nick cage oh okay you don't know how many ex-wives he might have so yeah that's true yeah he, he just <laughs> might like have a like situation yeah he has like a big nut uh, that he has a lot of people okay. to uh you know it's not uh cheap to live as lavishly as uh is ian. he in the sequel uh ian sean howe hmm does he get out of jail is it like a home alone situation where the bad guys are somehow uh back around uh, I would guess no. No, but, he's, it's not on his IMDb. He yeah. is not in the sequel, Sean yeah. Bean. Well, what I've been told is that uh, Sean Bean apparently uh, dies in every, spoiler alert, uh, in every single thing that he's in. I think this is the only thing he's ever been in where he doesn't die. Yeah, I guess. I Here's the thing, because usually a movie like this will kill off the bad guy at the end. Yeah. I wonder if a version of it did kill him off, but because it's a PG movie, they decided not to. And plus, there is a, a you know, spoiler for the end of this film, there is 
a sort of thing where the FBI needs someone to go to jail. And obviously it can't be Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that's like a running plot point throughout mm-hmm. the movie where Harvey Keitel's character, the FBI uh, investigator, talks about how like, well, somebody's got to go to jail. Somebody's got to go be to fair, jail. To be fair, that is the rule. I think if someone steals the Declaration of Independence, someone must go to prison for it. Yeah, it's like a law. Akiva, one of the things I was wondering uh, that we don't really explore, what is the media coverage of uh, all of this that's going on? It's such a good question. When the Declaration of Independence gets stolen, you'd think that would be like, you know, the lead story on uh, all the papers and, and, you know. Well, a lot of a lot of true crime podcasts talking about it. We don't see any of that. So is this just a big cover up? Is the Bush administration at the time or are are they just running with like, okay, everybody is aware the uh, Declaration of Independence has been stolen, but they're just like still putting out the fake souvenir Declaration of Independence and nobody is any the wiser. Well, I think that's what we see, right? There's like a brief scene where they mention, hey, we're going to like uh, nobody. This doesn't leave the room like we're going to we're going to leave like the fake one, the you know, the backup one out. So it's possible it doesn't uh, you know, the media doesn't catch up with the story until after it's already been saved. But there is like a big firefight that happens at the uh, is that the Library of Congress or the yeah, National you don't Archives? Think that happens the National Archive. You don't think that happens like every day? There's just a giant <laughs> firefight outside. Okay, with, like, I, Three I different rival gangs. Just kind of feel like in uh, Washington D.C., where there's uh, so many reporters around mm-hmm. that you would think yeah. that, like, uh, okay, we have uh, you know shots fired at the Library of Congress. Uh, yeah. You know, I, but I, maybe the party that was going on was so loud and noisy. It didn't look like that crazy of a party. It wasn't like a rave or anything happening there. I don't think it was a rave. Yeah. yeah no, I, it's a bad job by the media. Maybe this whole you know movie is an allegory for the uh, Washington, D.C. media just being asleep during the Bush administration. Yeah. Covering things up. <laughs> OK. All right. So that. All right. We have Nick Cage and the billionaire evil Ian Sean Bean go their separate ways that Sean Bean uh, presumed that Riley and Mr. Benjamin Franklin Gates were blown up when the ship blows up. But there was like uh, some sort of a uh, ship's hold, a little bit of a uh, nuke the fridge type situation where they were able to get into the ship's hold and be able to uh, survive the explosion. And they end up uh, walking to some other village and they get back home. So, all right. So what does Benjamin Franklin Gates do with this information? Bad guys want to steal the Declaration of Independence, Keeve. He starts telling the FBI and every every sort of government, in, you know, uh, organization who will, uh, you know, meet him. But obviously nobody believes him. Yeah. You kook. Get out of here. What are you talking about? They, they, they don't take him credible. No, I, I just... It, like it, the movie is very uh, cognizant of how ridiculous it is, and he does sort of have to like wink at the viewer and say like, "Hey, like we are, you know, we know this is ridiculous. Like everyone is laughing at us, especially when they get into like, you know, uh, like the fact that he thinks there's invisible ink on the back of the Declaration of Independence mm-hmm. with the map. Uh, you know, people aren't taking him seriously. Um, but he's like very aware of like, yeah, this is not this. I shouldn't be taken seriously." Yeah, this is a, uh, I know this sounds crazy, but uh, Akiva, one of the things I think that... Well, is that your Nicolas Cage or is that your Andy Samberg doing Nicolas Cage? Yeah, I mean, I think that like once somebody does an impression of somebody, that's, that's just how you do it. But the, the idea of conspiracy theories uh, has mm-hmm. changed a lot in the, uh, I guess, 15 years uh, since this film came out. Do you think the idea of a map... 
on the back of the Declaration of Independence is more plausible or less plausible than it was in 2004? It's a good question. I'd say more plausible. I just think like so many things have happened in the last few years that seemed like previously impossible. So I'd right. say slightly more plausible, but not but still ridiculous. Uh, I do feel like that the conspiracy theories are way more active. I know Conspirapod was last week, but if you told me there was some like 4chan group that believed that there was uh, some, you know, Illuminati conspiracy that was sort of an invisible link on the back of the Constitution. Like, OK, yeah, I'd buy that. There are people out there that are saying that. Um, yeah, I think uh, I mean, it's taken on a different tone. Also, like they're he's part of like the Freemasons. Do you know anything about the Freemasons? Not that much. So I guess like, you know, that's sort of a modern group. I don't know. Like you don't hear much about them. I feel like I don't know. I, I don't know much about them other than like probably none of them vaccinate their kids. <laughs> that's what that's what your takeaway is. That's my guess. I have no idea, but that would be my guess. <laughs> I don't think that there's uh, too much uh, overlap uh, with that. But uh, again, I'd be talking about stuff. Yeah, I, we don't I want to don't... upset the Freemasons. Yeah. That's true, especially yeah. like. But I do think that week. there are yeah. uh, people that are buying into this. Uh, I do think that there are some like uh, national treasure truthers. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, everyone who like all the security guards and people who work the museum say like that people will come up now and be like, hey, I want to see the back. I want to see like, uh, what's what's on, you know, got some lemons. I want to see the map. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So, uh, no, but everything's uh, Nick Cage is a kook and uh, that he ends up meeting with Abigail Chase, who is a woman who uh, works in uh, the office of uh, National Archives. Uh, yeah, Abigail Chase also, I think, a play on Abigail Adams and and uh, Declaration of Independence signer Ch- uh, Samuel Chase. So I guess, like, is she secretly also like a Freemason? I don't know. You know? She is collecting George Washington uh, campaign buttons. Yeah. So she's a nerd, but we don't know if she's a Freemason. Yeah. Big nerd. And uh, she is uh, meeting with uh, Nick Cage and he's trying to tell her, hey, bad guys are trying to steal the Declaration of Independence. And again, that she's uh, not giving him the time of day. I also like so Diane Kruger plays uh, plays Abigail Chase and she is a German actress and she has an accent. And I like how they have to like instead of just, you know, not mentioning it, they like have to say like, hey, wait, you're in charge of the American archives and you're a German. And she has to be or, or is she in the South African maybe in the movie? I forget. No, she's a German. Yeah. Um, and um, and they have to like, uh, you know, mention it. Yeah, I I, it's funny. Um, Diane Kruger. I don't know if you ever saw the uh, she was amazing. She used to be married to Pacey, first of all, mm-hmm. Joshua Jackson. I think they just got divorced. She was in a show called The Bridge that was only on for like a year or two. But it was it was one of these like great but canceled shows that was like uh, near like this first season was like near the pantheon of like why are bringing bad Sopranos. Mm hmm. But it didn't uh, never really made it big. But she was amazing on that show. OK, so they don't take the the threat seriously. And so Nick Cage and Riley, uh, they end up they, they come up with a, a real caper of they're going to get to the Declaration of Independence. And we and we sort of like get this outlined of the Declaration of Independence it's behind bulletproof glass. And then it goes down an elevator at nighttime and is in these concrete walls. But. They, what they're going to do is that they're going to get it when they, it goes into the preservation room. That's going to be the caper. Yeah. I mean, do we have to do we have to like uh, throw Nick Cage under the bus a little bit here? Like, 
I know you have to steal Declaration of Independence to save the Declaration of Independence, but like, I don't know. I I, I feel like uh, he gets off a little bit easy at the end here. So what are you saying that he should be in more trouble? Yeah, I think he should be in more trouble. Like, what would happen if, if this whole thing happens in real life? Isn't he doing life in jail? Hmm. Well, I think he sort of ends up being saved by the fact that bad guys come and then blow up the whole place to get at the Declaration of Independence. So mm-hmm. I, I think that what he did was wrong. Had, had there been no worse bad guys that came in. But then I think then by comparison, he ends up looking like uh, not that bad of a guy. All right. I, could, I guess he could narc on them. He could make a deal with the feds. Right, because uh, where Nick Cage is coming in and trying to be very cloak and dagger, he did not have any intention of walking out with the Declaration of Independence. He yeah. just wanted Try to tell that to the cops. Yeah, I, I stole Declaration of Independence, but you don't understand. I was not going to keep it. Right. They're he like, wanted right, he, he wanted to get in there and access the back so that he could be able to get the next clue. He really just needed some time with it as opposed to Sean Bean, who's going to come in with his uh, mercenary thugs and then blow up the Library of Congress so that they can uh, take it away. Uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's tangled web. He Nicholas Cage weaves. Yeah. So there's a whole like Ocean's Eleven-esque caper to get in. They have to unlock the the code, activate the heat sensor. Riley is hacking into the computers. It's really fun, I have to say. Yeah, no, this movie rules. Like, don't make no mistake about it. Everything about it is is uh, is great. And uh, I, 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 you know, I love uh just the idea. Like, do you think this movie came about like, hey, we need a treasure? Or do you think it started with like, hey, we're going to make a movie where someone has to steal the Declaration of Independence? Uh, yeah, what I don't first, know. The treasure or the Declaration of Independence? I, I don't know. That they, apparently that it was years in development to yes. uh, make this movie. So I, I don't know which idea they came up with first. But, uh, it's very, you know, it's a very fun idea. It has a, has a lot of uh, cool elements about national treasure. Can I can I make my guess for what the second movie is about? And maybe this is sort of like maybe it like seeped into my brain, even though I wasn't super familiar with these movies. Yeah. Is National Treasure 2 is Mount Rushmore heavily involved? I do not believe so. Because that would be cool if they like hid. That would really be on brand for this movie. If uh, like the sequel had like, you know, there was a treasure hidden in Mount Rushmore. We need to climb inside Abraham Lincoln's nostril. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of times these movies. Uh, speaking of the hangover, like they feel the need to go to Europe or to Asia for the second movie like to like Spider-Man. differentiate it. Yes. To differentiate it from the uh, from like the first one. Uh, and certainly if you get up to three, like you're always going to like Thailand or to France or something. Got to mix it up. Um, but uh, but to me, I think you stay stay home in, for National Treasure. I think you should stay home in the uh, US of A. And uh, and, and you know, I, I think Matt Rushmore, I'm going to guess Matt Rushmore is involved in, in National Treasure, too. I, I just told you it's not. Oh, oh, you say for sure it's not. That's a, so. What's the what's the main thing? What is the Declaration of Independence in National Treasure too? Okay, uh, so that let me see if I can find like the shorter synopsis version. Then, because uh, as, as we've learned, uh, you know, the reading the Wikipedia is uh, not not great for podcasting. Not not mm-hmm. conducive to uh, great podcasting. But let me see if I can give you the 
IMDb logline. Uh, Benjamin Gates must follow a clue left in John Wilkes Booth's diary to prove no. his ancestors' innocence in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Okay. So, so I think it's his dad ends up being like wrongfully accused of uh, helping out with assassinating Abraham Lincoln. His dad? His dad wasn't alive then? Uh, well, let me see. Uh, so it's okay. One of his uh, great-grandfather uh, is mentioned. And then uh, after doing more research, uh, they end up, oh, they do go to Buckingham Palace. So they go uh, overseas, Akiva. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, they end up having to go into the, uh, the uh, this clues in the White House. The other clue is in the president's desk in the Oval Office. For Washington Lane. I don't know if... Um uh, if, OK, first of all, I was right on London thing, which was uh, which was a guess. The Mount Rushmore must have seeped into my brain because the movie does climax in at Mount Rushmore. Oh, does it? Yeah. OK, there's a solid there's a city of solid gold under Mount Rushmore. OK, I'm not sure if you knew that. No, oh, you're right. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, the conspiracy then crosses to Mount Rushmore where the clue was on the hills. But according uh, to President Calvin Coolidge, had the faces carved in so nobody can find the city of gold. So, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we don't get a million tweets about this uh, before people got to this part in the podcast. Uh, Ed Harris is the bad guy in National Treasure 2. And the uh, the ex-wife of John Voight is Helen Mirren. OK. All right. It's all. It's all coming together like the big like one clue leads to another. OK, so while Nick Cage is uh, working on getting into the case, which houses the Declaration of Independence, here comes Sean Bean and his bad guys. And he gets uh, Nick Cage gets word from Riley that, hey, bad guys are coming in. So Nick Cage has to uh, act fast and uh, just is going to leave with the Declaration of Independence. It's cool that the bad guys are shooting at him. He's able to hold it and get uh, protected from the bullets that are flying at him because of the bulletproof glass. Rob, what are the odds that two people would try and steal the Declaration of Independence at the exact same time? You would think very low, but once <laughs> people <very> hear <laughs> that there is this treasure map on the back of it, I guess that would increase it. So maybe you think more people should be trying to steal Declaration of Independence. I think if word got out, I think a lot of people would have tried to steal it. OK, fair. So this ends up setting up a sequence, which is uh, I, I, maybe my uh, favorite part of the movie. I think the, the best gag where... Nick Cage is then uh, going to try to sneak out of this big gala that's going on with the Declaration of Independence, like uh, in his lapel pocket. And he's in the gift shop of the uh, Library of Congress. And the woman working at the gift shop is like, hey, are you trying to steal that? Uh, And she thinks that he is walking out with a souvenir Declaration of Independence and will not let him leave the Library of Congress gift shop without paying for that souvenir Declaration of Independence. And he only has thirty two dollars in change uh, with him in cash. What if the movie just ended like I can't afford it, forget it, not stealing it. And he just left it there and walked out. (laughs) Yeah. And I thought it was a really funny gag and it's really set up well. Like, are you trying to steal that? Uh, and he's like, oh, I'm busted. She uh, is way too calm about the fact that he's clearly stealing it also. Mm-hmm. Like, Maybe. She should call the cops. What if he got arrested for stealing the, for stealing this? And then they just like assumed it was it was, uh, you know, like a, a novelty one. And he got like, you know, 30 days probation. But he never told them it's the real it's the real Declaration of Independence. This lady is making minimum wage at the uh, Library of Congress gift shop. She's not going to get hysterical over this. 
She seems very uh, underwhelmed by the fact that, like, just let him steal at that point. Don't be like, hey, are you stealing? So here's what I'm confused about, though, Akiva, because then it's going to be a plot point that we're going to have uh, one of the replicas uh, pawned off to Sean Bean as the real thing. Does Cage go back and then say, well, since we're going to put it on my credit card, I guess give me another one also. Yeah, that's what he does, right? He wants a second one. I guess he knows he needs. He has it the for... presence of mind already. To... Yes. yes. Wow. Nick Cage has, has has the presence of mind like you couldn't believe. Out the yin yang, Rob. So the woman is ringing him up for just the one, and, and I guess it's because he's like, "Well, if you're going to put on my credit card, let me let me get another one." Yeah, I mean, I guess he knew he needed a decoy in case he ran into Ian. I guess, I guess so. He was going to get off the hook that easy of just like, "Oh, here you go, you got me." Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so then he ends up walking out. He's almost back to the truck, but he ends up being uh, stopped here by Abigail. Yeah, she runs into him. At this point, she has the, uh, realized that he was not actually on the guest list and that something is, uh, is amiss with, Ian, with, mm-hmm. uh, with Ben. Yeah. And she is uh, then putting two and two together that he uh, is here to steal the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, as you do. Put two and two together that he's stealing the Declaration of Independence. Yes. And so he is uh, then in the middle of being busted by Abigail. Here comes Sean Bean and we have a big action sequence coming up. Yeah, and this is what happens when multiple people try and steal a Declaration at the same time. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of gunfights, a lot of a lot of shooting that nobody else notices. Not a lot of security guards around. Right, right. You would think Washington D.C. We'd have like uh, you know this big uh, like gunfight spilling into the streets. That you would think that there'd be more of a police response to this. No, they're uh, you know the, well why they say they said they're like on extra duty tonight. I guess because of the party they were just like focusing on the party. I I, I guess so. Uh, this is sort of like an incredulous uh, series of events where Abigail gets taken by Sean Bean, and then uh, there's a car chase where they're somehow able to get Abigail out of the moving vehicle that Sean Bean and his crew has yeah, in the midst I, of a firefight. I, can I uh, jump in with with a little bit of the Ebert stuff now? Sure. Ebert says he's he's ragging on this movie. He only gives it two stars. Uh, first of all, here are a few of the weird lines from his review. He says Benjamin Franklin Gates is named, of course, after the famous software millionaire. Hmm. Now, clearly he's making a, a Bill Gates joke, right? Yes. Yes. But did he did Robert Ebert did Roger Ebert not know that yeah. Bill Gates is a billionaire? Like, I don't understand the joke. Like it's 2004. Bill Gates was worth like 60 billion dollars already. What what is going on in Roger Ebert's mind? Um, second, he says that Charlotte steals it with them. Hmm. Did he even watch this movie? Charlotte, Charlotte. Yeah, excuse me. So not, not Charlotte. He says that Diane Kruger, Abigail, yeah. steals it like it's in the plan and steals the Declaration of Independence with them. He might have been checked out. Maybe he has some sort of a grievance with Nick Cage. Maybe did, did they get into some sort of an altercation? He's just in a foul mood because he said, if you're one of the millions like me who plowed through the Da Vinci Code, you can be forgiving for a thing they made into a movie. And in a way they have, but the movie's titled National Treasure. It's so similar in so many ways to the plot of the Dan Brown bestseller that they're either the only citizens of the entertainment or industry who have never heard of the Da Vinci Code or they ripped it off. My attorneys advise me that it's A. 
Yeah. But now here's what he says. This is he's like so high in himself. Eber, he says that I have read the book. Speaking of the Da Vinci Code, which is not what we're talking about here, is a, not a cause for celebration. It, it is very it is, much a Da Vinci Code uh, ripoff. Mm hmm. He says it is inelegant pedestrian. And he's talking about the, the book, not this movie pedestrian writing in service of a plot that sets up cliffhangers like clockwork, resolves them with improbable escapes and leads us breathlessly with a disappointing anticlimax. I should read a pop boiler like the Da Vinci Code every once in a while, just to remind myself that life is too short to read books like the Da Vinci Code. So he's like taking shots at this book that has nothing to do with the movie and also like making himself to seem too, uh, you know, hoity toity for it and then he says oh but the movie next year with ron howard the da vinci code movie that's going to set the world ablaze okay well, guess what roger ebert wherever you are it got hammered by national treasure nobody even remembers the da vinci code's a thing anymore yeah i remember and tom hanks made, had a bad haircut it made it made way less money than national treasure they were going to make like a million sequels they had to stop because nobody cared i hated it so much i was like yeah, hey i'll go see anything with tom hanks but no yeah, and and, and National Treasure is still being talked about 15 years later. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, by us. No, people still love this movie. It ha- It's had like a second life. Yeah, I didn't know it had a second life. Uh, look- and he says the Monty Python version could use the same screenplay line for line. Like, what is this, the 1400s? You're talking about Monty Python? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Not Ebert's best work. Yeah, okay. Well, he's also uh, uh, on the alternate side now. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we are now uh, now have in cahoots with Abigail. Abigail now she understands the danger, the bad guys. Okay, she's going to work with uh, with Nick Cage and Riley. And so, all right, we need some place. Uh, we need some place to go, and we need to go and re- realize that there are some silence do good letters. I never really understood what, what's going on here with the silence do good letters. Mm-hmm. I think, the, yeah, the letters will help them figure it out. And they also need they need to get the invisible ink on the back of the Declaration right. of Independence. And so the silence do good letters. Uh, guess who has them? Uh, my dad, John Void. And this sets up a, a, a I had to I do a, a double take when uh, this scene happened where they get to the house. John Voigt is uh, he lives alone. And did John Voigt age from the first sequence in the movie? Well, we've only seen him in the um, in in a in like a not the flash. Yeah, like in the flashback where he where Nicolas Cage was seven and now Nicolas Cage is 50. So he had to be 40 years older. Yeah. Right. But you think he's not. Well, I don't I, I think that John Voight in the first scene in the movie and John Voight went in the modern day. I think he looked pretty identical. I don't know. I agree. If they I agree which means you need to. Yeah. They didn't have that technology where it's like they where it's like the uh, hey, let's make uh, Samuel L. Jackson uh, look 40 years younger in these scenes in the movie. This wasn't invented yet. Yeah, I think like, yeah, you you need a different actor, basically. Yeah, but uh, I don't think then you wouldn't have known that it was John Voight uh, later on in the movie. That that would be good to go back and take a look at that. But all right. So uh, that Nick Cage goes to the door and says, uh, Dad, you need to help me. I'm in, I'm in trouble. And John Voight uh, looks at the woman, Abigail, uh, Diane Kruger, and is like, uh, did you get this woman pregnant? <laughs> 
Yeah. And again, he probably hasn't seen his dad maybe since that conversation <laughs> in the attic 40 years ago. And that's what he's leading off with. Wait, what year is this? Did you get I mean, I, Nick Cage is an adult. Uh, yeah. did, did you get this woman pregnant? He wants yeah. to know. I mean, they bring it up like clearly they have no relationship and he, he, he he's not a big uh, fan of uh, not not a big fan of his son. And and her reaction is like, what? Wait, wait do, do I look pregnant? What What is happening yeah. right now? Where am I? Yeah, she's confused. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, this better not be about that dumb treasure. Yeah, I mean, finally, you hope your son turns 50. He moves on to like away from the treasure hunting. Like, can we talk about Nick, Nicholas Cage's life that we don't see, you know, between the ages of eight and 50 for a second? Uh, if we could just for one more second about uh, yeah. John Voight's reaction. I mean, if your son spent his whole life looking for this dumb treasure and then comes home with a woman, uh, yeah. w- would you not be excited? Be the best day of your life. Right. Yeah, like, like, oh, maybe uh, she's going to settle down. Son, cut down to- uh, I'm so happy. I'm <laughs> so happy you're here. I don't care if you're going to be having a child out of wedlock with this woman. This is great. As long as it's not about the dumb treasure. Yeah. But no, uh, yeah, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. It should be the greatest day of, of the dad's life that he's bringing home. He's bringing home freaking Diane Kruger. Yeah, this was great. Yeah, uh, but no, he's not impressed at this point. He's written. Of, but do you think like Nicholas Cage went to school? Do you think he had like a normal life or do you think he's just constantly been treasure hunting for 40 years? I think he's been to school. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had some sort of like uh, degree in like uh, American history or something like that. Um, yeah, it's possible he has some, yeah, he has, he like, yeah, he went to school for like national, he majored in like treasure hunting or something, (laughs) something like that. Yeah. Okay. So what was there? What was the other thing you wanted to talk about? That was it. I don't remember. Okay. All right. I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, I'm getting old. So uh, they end up there. They're rolling out the Declaration of Independence on the uh, kitchen table, and they they don't tell John Voight that it's the Declaration of Independence, but they're just like, uh, uh, he doesn't have the letters, but they're going to look for the invisible ink. And uh, there's a line that I thought was uh, really uh, one of my other favorites of they're trying to figure out the invisible ink. And we uh, see that they they're working like with lemons and they see like a little bit. And uh, they say after that, uh, we need more juice. We need more heat. And I feel like that that should be the tagline of this podcast. We need more juice. We need maybe that's what uh, Adam is saying in the song. Did he email us back? Yeah, he did. He did. Okay. Uh, And so uh, he has responded with the with the lyric from the song. And uh, what he says, the lyric is, is. Every weekend, better attend. You can't guess what what will be coming up next. (laughs) Yeah, just like our live show in uh, mini Renapolis coming Mm -hmm. up. And uh, we will talk about that later on in the mailbag. Better attend. All right. So you were right. You should have bet me on it. I mean, uh that I wasn't feeling uh, uh, too confident, but what else could it have been? Every weekend, better attend. All right, guys, you better attend this podcast. Every weekend is <laughs> mandatory now. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not always on the weekend. Sometimes we put up an episode during the week. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Adam B. It's a great song. I, I love it. And it is a really good theme song. I was just confused don't, by don't that. Don't try one to ruin word. it. Don't try to cancel the. I'm not. Theme song. I'm not canceling Adam. I just. I, I just. As someone asked, and I said, "Hey, 
Yeah. I never really analyze a song and I listen to him like, oh, yeah, that's very not clear what he's saying. OK. All Better right. Attend. So we get a bunch more clues on the back of the Declaration of Independence. We're getting all the invisible ink. Dad doesn't know until then. Uh, he's like kind of curious about what's going on, even though he hates treasure hunting. And then uh, he's like, uh, they're talking about this uh, on the back. And he's like, on oh, the back of what? And he's like, what? Declaration of Independence. Why you damn kids? Do you ever think like when you were like in your 20s, if you had like told your parents, like, I'm going to do an Internet radio show or a treasure hunter, they for sure would have picked treasure hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> More money in treasure hunting, probably. Uh, OK, so Akiva, uh, this is where, you know, the clues start coming in uh, real, real uh, hot and fast. <laughs> we need more juice and we need more heat. So uh, can you talk about how, how do we end up with finding the glasses in the brick? There's like a kid right. and we're getting a clue from a kid. Yeah, they pay a kid. They're cheap. They pay the kid one dollar per clue to get to get these clues. Whereas Ian, when he comes by later, gives him a, a sweet hundred dollar oh, bill. How did the kid is have possible, clues? Is it possible Ian's the good guy in this movie and that Nicolas Cage is the bad guy? Mm. Think about it. Nicolas Cage is like solely motivated. Like, yes, he's not motivated by money. But he needs like he needs to be the guy to find this clue. He's not sharing with the world. I mean, he tries to. They don't care. But like, it's just about him. And he he doesn't even care about money. He just wants to be famous and to get credit, which he gets at the end for finding the treasure. Right. Ian, you know, Ian actually wants to like he's going to do something with this. And maybe he doesn't even need the money because he's so wealthy. I think we you know, need we, to know what Ian's intentions are. Yeah. If mm-hmm. like uh this is almost like maybe like if Ian was going to then sort of like I, I know you don't follow uh, the uh, movie, the the action hero movies, but uh, like uh, maybe if he had some sort of a plans like uh, in Black Panther, we want to use all of like uh, everything going on at, in Wakanda and we're going to uh, use this to better people around the world. Uh, I'm pretty sure I think I understand what's going on there uh, that I then that would be noble uh, if he's like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to solve poverty with with this money. But we don't know what he's going to do. We, uh, we think he had bad intentions. Yeah. OK. So. All right. Akiva. Then uh, we end up with uh, these clues that get us to special glasses. Yeah, um, I, I like the do you remember, special glasses were much bigger in the 90s. Like, do you remember like the Michael Jackson uh, Super Bowl halftime show? You had to like 3D glasses video and get the and get the 3D glasses to be able to watch the show. Yeah. Now 3D glasses are kind of lame. I, I feel like that 3D is less of a thing. I feel like that. Yeah. Uh, no. th- 3D. If you went to a movie in 2012, you had to sit mm-hmm. there with terrible uh, 3D glasses on. And I, how many movies are 3D now? I feel like the 3D kind of came and went. I do think, and the 3D TVs were going to take over the world, and it, they did not happen in their gun. Yeah, also. never fell for that one. So, um, okay. So at this point, we start to get introduced to Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel mm-hmm. is uh, the guy working the case for the FBI. Yeah. And he also ends up being like a Freemason or what have you. Later on. Spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah. Uh, later on. Later on in the movie, we, we find that out. And so Harvey Keitel ends up. Uh, they they make an arrest here. They arrest uh, Nick Cage. And so uh, Nick Cage is trying to tell his side of the story. 
Yeah. And, he, you know, I mean, he tells them and like, you know, and, you know, I was just trying to steal the Declaration of Independence uh, for its own benefit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I have to say here, the FBI really dropped the ball. In what way? I mean, you know, they let Nick Cage out and to try and to try and meet up and uh, and, and get the stuff back. Like they really they had him and they let him off the hook. I feel like uh, the FBI gets an F minus in this in this movie. Yeah, Sean Bean wants to meet up with Nick Cage, and so they're going to let him go to the meetup, but then they're going to be standing by, and uh, their FBI is waiting to swoop in, but Nick Cage ends up uh, getting away by jumping into the Hudson River, and the divers uh, can't, they, they can't catch him, and he ends up uh, getting away because he needs to uh, work on his own plan. He can't be following what the FBI is doing. Yeah, terrible job to letting the uh, by the FBI letting him get away. Also, like he would have died in that jump for real, right? That's a really serious jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you would think so. Okay, so we end up uh, meeting back up with uh, Riley and with Abigail, and uh, they are they have a, a new plan of they are going to use the glasses and they're going to get to what like a church. Uh, yeah, they use the glasses to get to uh, the uh- Trinity Church. Uh, yes, I, which is funny because watching this movie, uh, not knowing what's going to happen, I thought this was like the second to last stop because the Trinity Church, like really, I figured we'd go to like some real major set piece. Uh, who knows where, like the Empire State Building. I thought it would be like a major American <laughs> Empire State Building. I don't know, like a major American um, uh, sort of uh, location, as opposed to the Trinity Church, which is, it ends up being where the treasure is, which was a little surprising to me. Yeah. I thought this was like. The second to last clue. It ends up being the last clue. So, yeah, we're going to go below the Trinity Church. And so there is like this old wooden uh, like I wouldn't even call this like scaffolding, which goes down like a couple hundred feet. And uh, there is like a like a kind of scary moment where like one of the bad guys ends up uh, falling through to his death. Yeah, I guess that's the only death in the movie, right? And you don't even see him die. Obviously, he dies. But first of all, it's not realistic because we're like 80 uh, floors below a New York City, like 400 year old building. Yeah, there should be rats the size of people. Oh, yeah. You would, th- you would think so. <laughs> There's like some spider webs around. But uh, the, yeah, not not too many vermin uh, that we see along the way. And so uh, like wooden staircases are bringing a big uh, action set piece uh, going on here as uh, Sean Bean is uh, taking Nick Cage down the, to the basement of the Trinity Church. Yeah, this is like actually nerve wracking. You're like nervous watching this. Yes. And it's very rickety. They get all the way down there and then it looks, looks like it's a dead end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sean Bean is mad. Yeah. Uh, he thinks that they got tricked. And then, uh, yeah. you know. He uh, he pulls a fast one over on Nick Cage. Yeah, we forgot to mention, not that it's a huge uh, plot point, but uh, John Voight ends up getting back into the mix where Sean Bean uh, kidnapped him, where Nick Cage was trying to pull a fast one on Sean Bean. But then he had uh, John Voight as a hostage. And so John Voight is uh, along the way. And then we end up where Nick Cage is trying to give another fake clue to Sean Bean to get him off the case. But then uh, John Voight steps in and is going to give him uh, some real clues. Yeah. And also, in, in you know, in the interim, the uh, Declaration of Independence has changed hands like four more times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Sean Bean goes off that they tell him that the, there's a lantern here. The lantern means they have to go to this church that's in Boston. But meanwhile, John Voight and Nick Cage, they know the real deal. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, he totally tricked them into going to Boston. He he also like leaves them with uh, w- well, there are a couple guys still watching them, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. They left them oh, basically no, no, he doesn't for dead. Leave any bad guys to watch him? That's yeah. right. That doesn't make sense though. He should have left bad guys to watch him. They should have left at least one bad guy. Just although in case. I don't know what their plan is to ever get back down there. It seems pretty hard to get back down to uh, to like you know where they are in the Trinity Church. Yeah, you need like to get like a like a bungee cord and be able to like repel down there to ever. Is there, get- are there is there no security or anybody works in the Trinity Church? I feel like there's a lot going on here yeah. that they're letting go. It's a good thing mass wasn't going on that day or anything. That's so, true. Uh, church attendance is uh, down, I guess, at this point. So they end up uh, getting into the room that has uh, the whole uh, treasure. And then like Nick Cage lights some sort of uh, what, what would you call that? Like a, a trough of gunpowder. Yeah, like a bunch of gunpowder that leads to just like, uh, you know, like you'd think there was 80 percent chance that would just explode the whole building. and everyone Yeah, would die, miles so. of treasure. You know, I don't want to open up my attic because I'm afraid like uh, I totally. don't want to breathe what's in there. And mm-hmm. then uh, you think that all these people are going to be what, uh, you know, uh, having some serious health consequences of all this treasure hunting, right? Oh, no question. Yeah, they and this should kill them also. <laughs> you would think so. OK, uh, and they get all of the treasure. And then uh, we see Nick Cage uh, talking it through with Harvey Keitel. Did you have an idea what the treasure would be like? Because they never say what the treasure is the whole movie because he doesn't know. I think they sort of uh, show it a little bit in the opening montage. It's a lot of gold and stuff, but it's like there's like sarcophagus. And yeah, like, I thought it'd be more gold. I thought it'd be more financial, whereas here it ends up being sort of historical value. Yeah, gold and all sorts of uh, different artifacts and, and things. Now for like- Ian, it would have been hard to sell a lot of this stuff because it's like it would it would you know be lead hot, back to you. Right. So yeah, it would be, you'd have to you'd have to hold it for a while other than like maybe gold or any money. stuff. Yeah. Well, what does Nick Cage want to do? He wants to like say, like have it be like in the Smithsonian. He wants like it's got to be a third in the Smithsonian, a third in the Louvre and a third in like the Columbus Museum of Art. Yeah. I don't know. No, I do think that he might be the bad guy. I mean, do you know how many of society's ills could have be solved with this money? Uh, I mean, that they would like, uh, again, I don't know, even if you could wipe out the national debt, uh, I think you'd like a couple times over probably with this stuff. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Nicholas Cage is above money. We we think and we end, learn at the at the very end that he does get some cash out of this. So, so yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem like the best use of uh, the money, but uh, who knows? Anyway, uh, but hey, somebody still has to go to jail. Yeah, that's the one rule in this movie. Someone must go to jail. Why not be the guy who's tried to kill everyone thirty different times? Okay, go bu- and also try bust to steal Sean Bean. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then we have sort of like an epilogue here where uh, Riley is complaining he didn't get enough of a cut. By the way, Sean Bean, like, I mean, if I'm his attorney, so Sean Bean is what what's his offense that he tried to steal Declaration of Independence, but they're not prosecuting the person who actually did steal it. Well, I, I think that you could uh, prosecute him for uh, his attack on the Library of Congress. I think that that's, I guess. Uh, you know, that, that, that definitely seems like a criminal. But bull- anything he did, like uh, Ben Gates also did. Yes, but Ben was uh, cooperating with the FBI. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and who knows? You once you start, do you think he gets life? Do you think Sean Bean gets life, or he just gets like ten years? Mm, I don't know. I think it depends on you know uh, how high profile of a case this is. I think uh, I bet Sean Bean has some good, good lawyers. That's what I'm thinking. I bet they get him to five to ten. Yeah. 
Uh, if, I would wa- if I was Ben Gates, I would watch that. The second this guy gets out of jail, he's yeah. uh, coming for you. He'd be in trouble. Okay. Maybe that's why they haven't made National Treasure 3. Maybe he's dead. Yeah. So I, I guess they were going to offer Ben a 10% finder's fee, but he turned it down for only a 1% finder's fee. Wow. Maybe the worst deal in the history of the world. Yeah. Again, what I don't an think idiot. he cares that much about the money. I know. But once they're offering it, first of all, how are they giving him the finder's fee? Like I don't the- know. Like, like they didn't find money. Like they're not selling like Tutankhamen's uh, mummy corpse to finance, giving him the money. Like, Maybe he's getting like one percent of the Smithsonian uh, gate receipts. <laughs> Is that what you think he's getting a percent of the gate of the Smithsonian? <laughs> I don't know. Get a good agent. Okay. But what is it? What they say? It's fi- how much is the whole thing worth? Fifty billion dollars. Fifty billion. Didn't they say that? Am I making up a number? A hundred billion? I I missed the number. I missed the number if they said any whatever is it's at least 50 million like his his cut of of whatever whatever the money is. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, And that's National Treasure. Anything else? But I don't think Abigail gets a cut. I think he gets a half. And I think uh, and I I think yeah, uh, she has to marry him if she wants uh, any of that money. That's That's not right. That's not right at all. She was valuable. She's too good of an actress for this movie. Also, Diane Kruger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she could do better than Nick Cage, too. I mean, you, she could do better than Nick Cage, like unemployable 50 year old who's looking for a treasure. She mm-hmm. can't do better than 50 million dollar Nick Cage necessarily. No, no. Wait, wait. I mean, she started seeing him uh, early on in the film, I guess. Well, maybe- I don't know if she started seeing him. The whole thing is 48 hours. I mean, yes, he does <laughs> sort of grab her. This was like uh, pre, you know, when guys needed consent, I guess he like grabs her and starts like making out with her. Like mm-hmm. without you know, and she's fine with it, but it was a very like aggressive. Um, a couple uh, a couple notes I liked in the um, in the uh, IMDb trivia: the good guys in this movie use Google, and the bad guys use Yahoo. Yes, okay. <laughs> uh, also this mu- this uh, this uh, comment must have been left by Alexander Chester. It says Riley incorrectly says daylight savings time when in reality it is daylight saving time. Oh, uh- <laughs> that's a Chester line. <laughs> that is a real Chester line. Okay. Uh, give you anything else about uh, National Treasure or are we? No. Yes, I'd say uh, I give it an eight out of ten. I loved it. It was a really good movie. Uh, there was I, I wish there was more to make fun of here uh, that I feel like the idea of the crappy movie diaper is to have a movie that we could like uh, talk about. What is this Demolish, real? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, think I mean, it, it still it, is campy. I do wonder if they went even like sillier, like yes. embraced it more for National Treasure 2. I actually think I might watch National Treasure 2 on my own. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that this was sort of like the last throes of the respectability of uh, Nick Cage before he became like a true shell of his former self. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, that he's like a really respected actor uh, in the early 90s is in a a bunch of uh, I think Honeymoon in Vegas is uh, probably he won an Oscar. Nick Cage at the height of his powers. He ends up doing more popcorn stuff with Face Off and Con Air and The the Rock Face Off con air as like a as a trilogy like no actor will ever top yeah. that in the leaving las vegas uh might be the uh 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 his honeymoon in vegas and leaving las vegas are those sequels i'm not sure yeah raising arizona i think is another uh big one uh moonstruck so he's got a ton of like serious acting work uh eight millimeter gone in 60 seconds uh and the adaptation and then so here comes National Treasure. And then uh, we have the Weatherman coming up right after that. He's going to do the Wicker Man. And then he ends up, uh, he does, goes, returns to National Treasure Book of Secrets. But then we get into Bangkok Dangerous, 
knowing and knowing is sort of like the national treasure, but with aliens, uh, mm-hmm. kick ass. Uh, then, uh, and then if I start saying the names of these movies from like, uh, 2010 on, I, I don't think you would have heard of one of them. Right. All right. So uh, I've got a little game for us to play. Yeah. So Nicolas Cage is not on social media. OK. OK. I wanted to. Um, but wasn't he in? You know what? There was one more movie, by the way, that he was in that was like uh, under the radar. I don't think I made a lot of money and I love that. I'm blanking on the name. Ghost right Rider. Now. No, I didn't see Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. I think like now his movies went from being actually good to like ironically good, you know, like to being like uh, this. And is he's a working like, a lot. He's doing like four or five well, movies he have a year. Money issues like doesn't Big he? Money doesn't issues. He, need to yeah, he needs to steal the Declaration of Independence. I think that was like the joke. I think Nick Cage like filed for bank- bankruptcy at some point, and then uh, and everybody had the same joke of like uh, time to steal the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. That one percent deal was looking real bad. Yeah, he should have taken 10 um, or or maybe killed uh, yeah, Justin Bartha and gotten his the full percent. Yeah, like he doesn't he didn't earn his own his own half a percent. Bartha. What yeah, did he do just uh, Nick Cage, uh, according to his Wikipedia, real estate and tax problems is a subheading. Uh, Nick Cage was once considered one of Hollywood's highest paid actors, earning 40 million dollars in uh, as late as 2009, although he failed to make Forbes top 10 list in 2014. Uh, he had a home in uh, Malibu, uh, but then uh, in July of t- 2009, the IRS filed documents in New Orleans in connection with a federal tax lien against property that Cage owned in Louisiana. The IRS alleged that he failed to pay over $6.2 million in federal income tax for 2007. Uh, he also has uh, legal issues as well. Uh, Cage was arrested in the New Orleans French Quarter in April of 2011 for suspicion of domestic abuse battery. Uh, not good. Disturbing the peace and public intoxication. But uh, I don't know. Has he kept his nose clean since 2011? I'm not sure. Well, yeah. I guess staying off social media helps. By the way, Matchstick Men was the movie I liked from 2003 that he was in. Yeah, That's an underrated. I think movie. I mentioned it briefly uh, in the list of uh, of uh, Nick Cage movies. Um, OK, so Nick Cage, not on social media. Mm-hmm. I was I was thinking about like a lot of famous actors from the 90s who don't like need social media are not on it. So I'm going to name some actors like a list actors and you're going to tell me if they have social media or not. OK, OK. Scarlett Johansson. I will say she does not. Uh, correct. The Olsen twins. I will say they they do not. Yeah, the Olsen twins do not have. And I feel like nowadays you sort of need to have social media to get famous. Right. Uh, but but back then, like there these people got rich beforehand. So they, they don't realize. They don't. All right. Of the Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie trio, who has social media? Angelina Jolie. No, none of them. There is oh. a fake. There is an Angelina Jolie fan page Instagram that has 10 million followers. Yeah, so she would be she'd be doing quite all right if she was on Instagram. Leaving yeah. a lot of money on the table there, uh, Angie. Uh, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts, uh, I, I will say, does not have social media. She has Instagram. Do you want to guess how many followers she has? Uh, I'll say four hundred thousand. Julia Roberts, that's like a, a huge insult to her whole family that you yeah. think she would have Instagram. Like it's like there are a lot of not famous people on Instagram who have a million followers. It's not like Twitter. Where like you sort of have to be famous to have a million followers. Uh, she's got six point three million. Okay, good for Julia um, Roberts. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, Tom Hanks? Uh, excuse me, no, not Tom Hanks. We know Tom Hanks is on uh, social media. 
Uh, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is not on social media. Yeah, he's got a, he's got an Instagram. Uh, see, you know, I'm, I'm I don't follow celebrities on Instagram. I, no, neither I, do I. Well, I'm not really on Instagram. But. I, I follow you know people I know for the most part on mm-hmm. uh, you know on Instagram, but there's very few celebrities. Uh, I think that maybe I, I follow David Spade. Well, does he have a good Instagram? Yeah, he has a really good Instagram. Okay, so Cruz only has three million followers. Which if is people surprising. have some good Instagram celebrity recommendations that I would oh, like. Okay. Uh, I, I would, I would look at them, but people uh, say Craig Kilborn has a really good Instagram. Page. Does he really? That's what people say. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, All right. So do, can you name Tom Cruise? Who's on Instagram with 3 million followers. Can you name his three ex-wives? Uh, so he has, uh, <laughs> I was trying to remember her name off the head. So, uh, Penelope Cruz. No, Tom Cruise and Penelope Cruz, I think dated, but didn't get oh, married. They didn't, okay. Uh, Nicole Kidman. Yep. That's one, right? Yes. Katie Holmes. Correct. The first is, one is... there w- one before him? Yeah, it's the, from the 80s, yeah. It's easy uh, not to remember. Yeah, what, what's, her, what's her name? Uh, Mimi Rogers. Okay, you would not have gotten that one. All right, who of those three is on... You know, between zero and three of them are on Instagram? Uh, I will say Katie Holmes is on Instagram. Yeah, she's got 1.7 million followers, but Nicole Kidman... Is also on Instagram, and she has 4.6 million followers. Okay, good for Nicole Kidman. Yeah, I think Katie Holmes would have more than 1.7. Yeah. She's kind of famous. I think she's married to Jamie Foxx or dating him or something. Yeah, something like that. Okay. All right, that's been the uh, Nicolas Cage social media game. Okay, are you ready to dive into our mailbag and talk about the wheel, talk about our upcoming trip to uh, Minnesota and more? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, you good? Do you need a break or anything? Or are you no, ready I'm to good. go right in? I'm ready to go. Okay, we're keeping this part in the podcast, all right? That, that's a, mm-hmm. just to give you guys a sense of uh, we go power right through. No, we all usually right. pee. Yeah. Akiva. So yes. we didn't talk too much about our trip to uh, Minnesota. Any other any other details that you want to highlight up front? Uh, we we have too many people who've already bought tickets to use our original venue, so we're we're in the in the process of locking down a larger second yeah. venue. But I have, have to give bought- a big shout out to Scott St. Yes. Pierre, who uh, has been he booked the original venue. Then hey, he has been actively. Uh, we've had almost like a daily calls about that. He is uh, he has uh, turned over every rock so far in Minnesota. Yes, he's, yes, he is. Uh, he's Mr. Minnesota. He's really. Um, uh, Yes, he's killing he's looked it. At every, if you have a venue in Minnesota, he has looked into it. Yes, uh, I, I, we didn't mention last week. We got a we got a um, an email from a listener who works on a some sort of boat, and they and they're like, "Hey, do the podcast on the boat." But you said you get seasick. Yeah, and then I also didn't mention. I don't think that the that Mall of America wanted us to come do the podcast live from the Mall of America. Uh, but I don't think they understood what the podcast was because they were like, "Hey, uh, like, would you want to do the podcast?" Like, I assume it's about the Mall of America. No, they think, I think they thought it would like that would be yeah. the topic and they we would want like the head of the Mall of America to come be on the podcast. No. And I kind of I probably should have been a little nicer in the email, but we were just going back and forth, like doing nothing. So I'm like, no, that wouldn't be funny. Uh, and I got no after like after a bunch of emails back and forth, I got uh, no response when I explained what the podcast was. Right. I was so, like, we want to name a baby in the Mall of America. We don't want to talk to the head of the Mall of America. So just a, a heads up, if you want to get tickets for the live show, uh, we're at about 85 tickets sold right now for our live show. Go to Rob has a website dot com slash Renap live for 
ticket information. We have uh, set the tickets for uh, $15 for the tickets uh, to be able to uh, get the venue, to get a room, to be able to do the show uh, and whatever sort of like uh, audio that we need from the venue. So that's at robhasawebsite.com slash Renap Live, R-A-A-N-A-P live and a lot going on a lot going on the ba- the the baseball games uh the 32 fans Should we skip the baseball games? I think the we Mets should so bad. Skip the Wednesday uh game if no, anything. Well, we're not skipping the game cuz people already we we'll already there. all bought we'll tickets. Be there. We'll we be have there. 70 people coming to a freaking baseball game with us. That's impressive. Um but we don't have to uh, like the good thing is we could talk to the the people who come with us. We don't have to pay attention to the actual game since the Mets are so bad. Okay. All right. So we have uh Mets are so bad. <laughs> really so is bad. a disaster. Yeah, uh, I don't even want to talk about it. make it up. Okay. So uh that's uh the agenda for the trip. Do you like uh, somebody on Twitter said uh, we should need to be call it Mini Renapolis. Uh did you like yeah, that? Yeah, we could do that. We got a, someone sent us a cool logo before. I think uh yeah, I, I don't mind Mini Renapolis. That could be the name of the that was what fun. does the name of it mean? Like, it's not going to be the name of the podcast episode. It's is the name it? of the the event. Okay, like, could be the hashtag if you want to. Yeah, hashtag uh, mini Renapolis. Okay, that's a uh, that's a mouthful, but I like it. Go. I like it. I don't okay. even know how you'd spell it yeah. on like Instagram or whatever. Uh, so, and then, uh, so we are going to talk about here today things that are going on to the wheel for the live show wheel, which is a separate one. And then today we're going to be cleaning out the wheel waiting room. Yeah, so we have a lot to get to. Um, where, where do you want to start? How about this? Because we we went through we, we went through a lot of ideas last week for the live show. Let's clear out the wheel waiting room because maybe there's an idea in the wheel waiting room that could be a live show idea also. OK, sounds good. Um, we I, I, this is I think this coming week is the last week. Also, if you want to send in an, an idea, whether you were coming to the live show or not, if you want to send an idea. We have about two ideas that are locked in. Uh, yes, I guess on, the wheel has to be at least four ideas. What yes, are the two on, ideas we on have next in? week's show? Uh, <laughs> Renap number forty-one Seaver Way. We are going to uh, end up spinning the live show wheel to decide what is going to happen on our big show in Mini Renapolis. Uh, yeah, and then the next time you hear us after that, we will be uh, live, and hopefully, I hope that episode is like uh, hearable. Like oh, I, I think so. Saying. I think so. Between uh, myself and Scott St. Pierre, uh, I think we may, we might even have video of that episode. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're, wow. we're, we're going to pull out all the stops. Okay. Oh. All right. But I don't think we're going to be streaming live, uh, but no. we will have uh, it recorded all. Uh, and if you want to, if you want to see it on Wednesday night, the 17th, you need to be there. Yeah. And you should buy tickets. There is a slight chance that sells out if people wake up and uh, like the locals, because we, we have a lot of people who are coming out. Right. Um, I think that the, the room we're looking at right now has a capacity of like 121 or something like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, we have about 20, uh, 20 things on the wheel waiting room. I'll fly through them. OK. All right. Let's all right. go ahead and bring them up. All right. Uh, Robin Will, Kiva, Will's wheel waiting room. You should add. It's called now called Will's wheels. Will's wheel waiting room. The waiting room. Yes. Um, Robin Akiva have a first date. Okay. Now, is this, a, a is this in a idea? random order? No, it's not a random order. Uh, it's uh, I don't know. It's a. It, the, my answer is boring to your to your question. Okay, because I'm I'm following along, but that's the number. That's uh, you know All on right, fine, row I'll go five. In the proper order for you. The, okay. I, I just um, I'll follow I'll follow you wherever you want to go. I just was okay. I was uh, yeah. curious if if you were just doing them in uh, a specific order. Uh, I don't know. Um, oh, it was Robin Akiva have a first date? Is there anything there? 
I think the idea was like people sent in like 100 first date questions and we would ask each other. We would basically have a first date where we'd ask each other. We'd go back and forth and ask each other these questions. I would say uh, that I am not particularly interested in that one. I don't think there's a lot of meat on that bone. Okay, fine. Uh, all right. So I had uh, Will who from Will's Will's if, waiting If anything, room. I would say that I'm ready to kick that out of the waiting room. I'll, well, I don't have to, We're not going to do the work. We'll have Will, uh, we'll okay. have Will exercise yes. oh, it. And move um, it to rejected ideas. Uh, so Frail Mary fan fiction. She was going to write a fan fiction featuring the two of us for an episode. Uh, so I had Will reach out to uh, Mary Krakowski. Uh, and she said she uh, she needs like a hard deadline to be really motivated to do it. But I say, <laughs> no, just if you want to finish it, do it, finish it. And if not, it's fine. We'll never do it. Yes. I see the note here is expired. I was worried about Mary for a second. No, if Mary did not expire. But the idea, I think we were supposed to have. Yeah. Have it finished. I, uh, this sounds like this her. one died on the vine. Uh, it yeah. doesn't feel like you know it's what happening. It is? I think Mary was excited to come on the podcast. Then we invited her on. She got she so much on heat. With been on a she, bunch of different yeah. podcasts. Yeah, I, I think we made her into a big star, and now she's too cool for us. She has her own podcast talking about Riverdale. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah live. She's already been on back. our show. I don't. Right. She doesn't need it. She doesn't need us anymore. Yeah, I think so. All right, all right. Uh, uh, what's all next? Right. Uh, an award show. I think we're still waiting on that one. Um, Robin Akiva Pod Detectives. Now, this is okay. the most interesting one. Hold on. Could, could the awards show be on the live show wheel? Well, we had said we would wait for a year and then give out the awards. I just don't know what giving out awards in <laughs> front of everybody would, would be. You don't think that that would be exciting to have uh, the live show be the uh, Renap Awards? I mean, what are we giving? Are we like giving like random listeners there? Like funniest listener? I think the person who so sat near us at a baseball if it was game the, If it was the live, if that was the live show, we'd have to come yeah. up with what the categories were for the Renappies. And mm-hmm. then uh, we would have to and then have the we we have to come out and have like a monologue. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, people could get dressed up if they wanted to. Maybe some of the people there could be accept the awards. So everyone has to wear a suit. <laughs> if you want to come to the podcast you have to wear a suit i mean do we uh, have black tie <laughs> black tie uh, black shirt i think all right um yeah i just i don't I don't know how that works but okay so Rob, robin akiva pod detectives when we did the idea tournament uh the winner was um the stand tournament the idea mm-hmm. bracket the winner of the stand tournament which we already did but we said that we one of the losers would go uh, would would have to go on the wheel in June, and this is the very end of June. So I think we are legally obligated to put this on. Can I complain and say that Meet Me in the Middle was a much better podcast idea than Robin Akiva Pod Detectives? I don't know what Meet Me in the Middle looks like as a podcast, but uh-huh. I'm not super excited about the uh, detective podcast. Well, okay, so but it's just called Robin Akiva Pod Detectives. Can we change what the actual premises i think we can okay what do you want to change it to what if we solve a mystery we just have listeners send us in mysteries and we pick one and we solve it uh do they also send us the answer to the mystery no it's a, something that's unsolved like hey uh why did how about this like why did my friend uh stacy stopping friends with me in third grade i've always wondered but uh and then we'll call up okay. stacy and we'll solve it oh well we're we're solving the mystery i, I think we're we can the speculate on a bunch of mysteries we will speculate oh. and then we will solve it we could do both. Uh, I don't think that we could. I, I think that's a little too ambitious that uh, we but could. It's better. Listen, it's better. So if it's too ambitious, then it'll wait until we have a, an idea. Okay. But 
I think we have to at least get the ball rolling here legally based on uh, the contract we signed with DJ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you have a mystery you want us to solve, we will solve your mystery for you. Okay, so let's accept submission. When I was in high school, yeah, someone was stealing our books and it was the book bandit and we never caught who the book bandit was. Like, wouldn't you like to know who the book bandit was? But how are you going to find out now who the book bandit is? You're going to have to call up everyone from my high school class and find out who the book bandit was. Yeah. Uh, could, uh, maybe could we like the food hot takeoff of could people just start sending in their mysteries and then let's see what yes. comes in absolutely okay uh, uh all right robin to keep switch places that's not really like a full episode idea that's just part that's just like i don't know that just introduce i don't i don't, I don't, I don't think that you it's like that. you're hosting the show and then yeah. okay i don't need to be the host yeah uh, 2020 prediction game that has to wait till january 1st 2020 or i think Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we said December. We said we put it on the wheel in December. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Now, John John, our beloved John John, yes. pitched that. Uh, no follow up from John John. I think he was supposed to put together like an idea of how yeah, it would work. Yeah, he's, he's more excited him. about a different idea. What's his other idea? Uh, he wants to do uh, HGTV shows are trash. He wants yeah, to talk but about that like, was pitched by somebody else. Property Brothers. I, well, I don't remember who else pitched it, but I know. So, I mean,. More, I think that was that was pitched by uh, that's on that's in today's mailbag, but oh. it's not from John John. You sure? I'm pretty sure, Rob. Hmm. It's literally on today's mailbag, unless it was pitched by Kirsten McGinnis. Is there like a big fight between John John and Kirsten McGinnis? Uh, like who pitched that idea? Maybe I think I think I saw them collaborating a little bit on Twitter, so maybe she so wrote we have the to email. Have John John and Kirsten. I mean, listen, I, it's in the mailbag under Kirsten McGinnis. They could fight it out. Okay. Okay. Um, the roast of Robin Akiva. What's going on with that? Uh, boy, uh, I mean, that could be on the live show wheel, but I feel like that uh, None I of the lo- roasters are coming. That's the yeah. issue. OK, well, what, well, what's the problem with the why hasn't it been added to the wheel? I, I just was like nervous about it logistically. Should we add it to the wheel? Add it to the wheel. See what happens. OK, so add it to the wheel. Put it on. OK. All right. Uh, the roast of Rob and Akiva and the Jeez. OK. Um, the Renat musical, Jason Curtis Rivera is writing it. He says it will be done by the end of July. Okay. We know nothing about what the Renat musical is, what we have to do for it. Uh, that could be, you know, the best episode in history of any podcast, or it could be the worst episode in history of any podcast. We have no idea. Can't be the worst. Can't be the worst. Okay. Uh, can't can't be worse than final four. Do you think final four was the worst one? Well, no, but we had, uh, a good mailbag in that episode. Claire Uh, was great on the mailbag. Robin Akiva get a life coach with Caitlin Herman. What's the status of that? Now that Caitlin Herman's back in the fall. Let's see how Caitlin is going to be uh, coming in to do live uh, Big Brother recaps with me on Thursday. Let's let's see how it goes after a couple of weeks where she's. Yeah, but yeah, maybe in a week or two, ask her if she's uh, interested in being back on the wheel. Yeah. OK. Uh, this week in Renap history, we, we need to have been going for a year. So that's scheduled to come on the wheel in August. Uh, Robin Akiva, the newlywed game. That's been pitched by a lot of people also for the live show. We sort of discussed that. Last week, what if we paired up random listeners at the live show? Uh, I kind of kind of said that last week. Yeah, and, and what Someone I said was, who would care? I don't know. It might do, be fun. Do for these the people two in random people know anything about each other? I mean, what what How what's in this, for the audience? A listener yeah. wrote in and said, "What if we do the Hapsler live, and that she would be the Bachelorette if we needed?" Okay, and then what would happen? We'd send then her, she would go out with a guy that night. Uh hmm. Yeah, I didn't think that far. Mm-hmm. Maybe like during the podcast. She, well, I guess what would be discussing like, Do, can we would, get a uh, speed uh, date? Three people. 
yeah could we could we get uh what do they call that on the the bachelor the uh what, what's this the suite that they have oh yeah we have like a suite in the in a hotel yeah. and we send them we each have five minutes because it's a live show we don't have a easy, lot of time easy easy okay all right um yeah i, I don't know i don't know about a live rehabshuler live rehabshuler um okay uh, rob keeps kosher can this be a live show idea it definitely can't be. I'm not even sure it can be a regular podcast idea. Why? This is great. We, especially if it's on video, this might be the perfect idea. We, um, we're going to buy you kosher food in Minnesota and we try like all this live, uh, kosher food in front of the audience and maybe we'll get some food for them too. Well, first off, a lot of food for one day. We do have the ice cream. A lot of food for one day. Uh, eating on a podcast is a terrible idea. Uh, Mm -hmm. so who cares? The serial tournament would beg to differ, but keep going. That's a little, little different. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, who would sit there? Uh, people are going to start asking for a refund on these tickets. Uh, who wants to watch me eat, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, okay, kosher meal yeah. uh, on uh, stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, draft podcast. Um, I think we said the after Mount, if uh, Mount Rushmore is a success, okay. we do uh, the draft podcast. Sounds good. Robin Akiva exposed. What is that? Do you remember I, I, what that is? Oh, I have no idea, but what I think I that? hate it. Yeah. What, yeah. No, I think it was like, what was, what was the idea? Exposed. Yeah. Uh, Will, let us know. For is there a typo on that? Was. Yeah. No, it's Robin Akiva exposed. Okay. Um, uh, the Missy dating game. I'll tell you the problem with the missing dating game. We haven't gotten we three guys. A, we had what? We haven't gotten three guys. We've gotten three guys. We, she wanted uh 32 to 40. And we have too many young guys applying. We need if you're listening, you want to date our lovely listener, not listener, certainly not a listener, mm-hmm. but a person that we I was going to say a person we don't know, but we don't know her. Just a person. You want to date Missy and you're over 32. You got to write in. We need like two more people who are like of age. OK, because she said 32 to 40 and I could send her like one 30 year old, but I can't be like we have here's three 30 year olds, you know, mm-hmm. but it was all like 30 year olds applying. Uh, Robin Akiva do Billy Madison, which is we uh, we go through first through 12th grade. Yeah, uh, that was on last week's mailbag. I said I'd put it in. So let's let, let's let that simmer for a few weeks because okay. you just rejected it last week. Uh, proposal ideas. Nobody sent in an idea for what that listener should do uh, for his proposal. We didn't get any ideas for that. Yeah. Um, and Akiva's mystery episode two is on hiatus for the summer. On Yadis. OK. Mm-hmm. All right. Do we have any submissions for the live show wheel? Yes, we did. OK. Or or, or what are you going to do now? Now we have more submissions for the regular wheel. Uh, let me just uh, go through the live show quickly because okay. we don't have that much. Um, uh, let's make a deal. Uh, you could. Uh, I, I've never. Have, are you like a let's make a deal fan? I'm not super familiar with the with exactly I, I, how it works. So I, I know of it. I know how the show works. I have no idea how that would play out on a live show. It said you could give out prizes like being a guest on the show. Uh, one of the zonks is that you become an ops. Is a zonk like a bad thing? Yeah, I, this is very complicated. Okay, uh, yeah, give I, out Minnesota <laughs> themed prizes like the Mall of America. No, <laughs> f the Mall of America. We hate them. Yeah. Um, I think here's the thing uh, on mm-hmm. the live show. The idea has to be very clear and uncomplicated yes. because that, yes. that, that that there will be people talking in the audience. It'll be we, everybody has to be on the same page about yeah. what. And the more confusing it is, wait, what's happening? What are they doing? What are they? I, I don't understand. Uh, you need to be clear. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I don't know why that episode has to be different than the other ones uh, that are not clear. No, but I'm kidding. Uh, oh, so Eric, a verified listener, writes in and says. I have an idea for the live show that I think encompasses the best parts of a lot of the ideas you guys have already discussed. Robin Akiva do crowd work, especially it's essentially a banter episode, but more loosey goosey. 
mm-hmm. and there's no prep necessary. People in the audience are not under any pressure to pitch themselves or anything like that. But we'd start and we'd go over and say, hey, you, sir, or you, ma'am, where are you from? And then the conversation goes from there. You decide where to organically bail if the conversation is not interesting or funny with no time limit or minimum. You have some other questions that are related to the podcast ready to go. If where they're from, where they do don't, doesn't spark something like who's living rent free in your head. No matter what we do, we're going to mm-hmm. do crowd work. We're going to talk to the crowd. So yeah. I, I feel like that this is almost that the idea is no idea. So yeah. the, we'll talk to the audience. Don't worry. The crowd work at the Seinfeld podcast was was one of the most fun parts. It mm-hmm. ended up being we found our friend uh, Nelson from Denver who's coming. It'll be very interactive. Yes, we will definitely interact with people. So um, that's a wasted spot to call it. Robin Akiva uh, do crowd work mm-hmm. because that's happening anyway. You're saying. Yeah. Uh, uh, Stephanie Barilaro says do feats of strength. Okay. I don't know what that is. Like, what? No like way, there's no explanation. Like you're going to like, uh, you know, squat 250 pounds on the stage. I have no idea. Is Festivus involved? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, like uh, somebody's going to come up and like attempt like a one handed push up. Ooh, maybe it's like a talent show. I oh, oh, a talent show is an interesting idea. Uh, Rob Nikita, Rob Nikita have talent where it's almost like that. Uh, now, do we have enough people that are coming to the, to the live show that have talent? I think if you're in the live show, you have to be you have to be willing to come up. Yeah. Show. <laughs> Like we call on anybody. So you better have a talent. I, I think this is a, so basically, so it's like me and you and like one other person are the judges. Okay. And then we are, it's like America's got talent uh, rules. And then mm-hmm. people are coming up and then uh, demonstrating uh, their talent. And then we have a winner. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Is it too visual though? I think we'd have to describe, we'd have to describe it. I think it's fine. We're going to record video also. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we'll have that. But I, I do like the idea of the talent show. But I don't know if we have enough people that are coming that have a demonstrable talent. I mean, uh, how do you think they earn the $15 they're paying for the live show with? They have to have some talent. I, gu- I guess so. So <laughs> if people are coming to I say, let's put this in the live show waiting room and let's okay, see. Fine. Let's see how many people. But I think we probably need like seven or eight people to write it and say they yeah, have. write in. If you're coming, email me. You already have my email if you're coming and say like, hey, I've got a talent or like what are ideas for talents? Like what's best case scenario? Let's say everyone's talented. Like are people singing songs like would song, that be funny? Can do stand up okay. comedy. Can Ooh, do, uh, be a, make can, our listeners make like random listeners do stand up comedy. That won't be cringy. Well, they, okay. they, if they, we're not making them. They're coming. They're right. telling us that they are. What do you think Chester's talent would be? Uh, contortionist. Chart? What do you do? A live chart? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's lots of things that people would like uh, some sort of like gymnastic feat. Uh, okay. The death defying stunt, uh, like eating. Oh, we're gonna uh, take an insurance on the uh, on the on this. Uh, yeah, eating menu. some sort of uh, like Kobayashi type thing. Or, Ooh, okay. You know, there's lots of talents that people. All right, all right. So we'll know. put it in the live show waiting room. One more live show pitch from this week. Walt from Wilmington. I like that alliterative name. Says ideal uh, for the live wheel. You host a 16 person live podcast where you ask questions to the people and you select a winner. So it'd be like Survivor asking questions. You'd say like. Uh, is it a bracket or is it Survivor? I'm not sure. Hmm. A, a bracket isn't bad. I guess I was thinking it could be a bracket or Survivor. Hmm. Live person bracket? Like, what, what if it was like some sort of a debate bracket? Although that, yeah, uh, not a debate, but like, what if we had a? What if we came up with a bracket of 16 listeners? Yeah. Maybe they could present. They could, you know, we won't pick them till the show, and we have them like do competitions. Like maybe we'll ask 
one, you know, they each have to like do like a, you know, spell a word or another one will ask them a question. Another one maybe will make them have a race uh, and then we'll try and figure out who our best listener is. I like that. Uh, the live listener bracket. That's a funny idea. Live listener bracket. I know you guys did did it on 32 fans. Uh, No, we picked our favorite listener, but that was just like who we like. This would be like making them actually compete with each other. (laughs) I like the idea, especially if there's some video. The live. I I think people could pitch also this week, like what we have the listeners do, because I think there's some things to be tweaked there. Right. Uh, I, I like the idea of the live listener. I think the I people, like the structure of it. I feel like the, that we Rob, don't the have people at the show will be engaged with the live listener bracket. I feel like they'll right. be invested. Maybe we could have like a gambling element where people like bet on who they think is going to win, and like Chester could run that. Yeah. Now, are we deciding, or is it like based on the audience applause? Well, a lot of them will be will will have like a clear cut winner. Like if we're asking them each to like spell a word. Then, you know, like, you know, you know, like, let's say you did like a mini spelling bee or you asked them a trivia question. OK, so uh, you ha- who's our smartest listener? Is that what is that what we're trying to find? Uh, I mean, all of them are smart. They're coming to Minnesota to see yeah, us. But we're OK. We're not we're, we're not saying anybody is not smart. But yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I don't smartest. know. Smartest, I think best. I like saying best listener. Hmm. Listening is listener. I don't know. Like. And, and maybe the prize is like, uh, you know, you get to come on the show, which could be a punishment also. For yeah. Some people. Okay. I do like the idea of a person bracket. Can I go back to the wheel waiting room for a second? What happened to the idea of that uh, somebody was going to go back through all of the Seinfeld post show recaps? Ah, that's what Robin Akiva canceled is. Oh, OK. Ah, OK, so yeah. the answer to that question is that we have a team of people working on it. There's a lot of people listening to old episodes and coming up with that stuff. OK, so that is actually being worked on. Claire, I think, or listener Claire, who's going to who's going to be with us in Minnesota. Yes, uh, she uh, is. Uh, she's working on it. And so are a few other people who are listening to the old Seinfeld. Okay, podcast. good. Good. That's I, what I, I really like exposed this. Yeah, Robin, that's going to be fun if that okay. ever happens. Yeah. OK. All right. Good. So uh, the live listener bracket, I think we have to tweak what actually happens. But I do think that's a really fun idea. OK, uh, like let's, right now, if I'm, you know, Johnny, Minnesota and I'm coming to our live show and I'm listening to this podcast, I'm more excited about that than than even the hot takeoff or. Uh, Robin Akiva need a third wheel. That's also a fun idea. Like, I, I yeah. think this, I think this will work. We just have to, we just have to punch up the idea. Yeah, I bit. like the idea. I don't know necessarily about the framework yet. Okay. Um. All right. Let's do a quick real mailbag, and then we'll uh, we'll spin the wheel. Get okay. Is there home. any treasure underneath the uh, Mount Renatmore? Uh, you do have any invisible ink? <laughs> yeah. Disappearing ink. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Kirsten McGinnis, our, our great friend K-Mac, who's been on the podcast before, says, please do HGTV shows are trash and please let me be the HGTV expert. She and I said, hey, Kirsten, give me a list of shows that you want us to watch. She said it could be Love It or List It, Property Brothers and House Hunters. Okay. Well, so John John has called into the Patreon Facebook Friday a couple of weeks in a row talking about this idea. And I said, you know, I have no idea how Akiva feels about HGTV. I did hear him say recently on a podcast he's obsessed with 90 Day Fiance. So I feel like I don't even know Akiva anymore. Okay. I, we haven't talked about this. I mentioned it on, uh, on 32 Fans. Someone pitched that we, that we do 90 Day Fiance. We put it in the fishbowl. I was unfamiliar with it. I briefly mentioned it to Haley Strong. She said, okay. I Googled 90 Day Fiance. Do you know what 90 Day Fiance is about? Yes. Okay. So I, I did it. I Unlike thought it was Chester. like married at first. I thought it was married at first sight. 
I thought it was like you have 90 days, you meet and you have to decide if you become a fiance. But it's really a person from America meets somebody from out of the country. They want to move to America and you have 90 days to decide if you want to get married and then you get the K-1 visa and blah, 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 blah. Right. I watched one episode, which led me to watch every single season of the show in like eight different variations. Why? What, what like was it about week. the show that was so compelling? I don't you? know. I got hooked. It was it, it, the, the, ca- the casting is really good. It's compelling. You know, the problem is I watched the show. I got caught up with a bunch of different seasons. I started Googling the people and the show is completely fake. Everyone's every single person involved is a garbage person. And now I'm sort of out on it after like it was like such a whirlwind of like oh. never having heard of it being obsessed with it and now i'm sort of out on it because the show is much faker than i thought it was okay um but anyway so what do you think about h so we already have mtv shows are trash we did kid shows are trash we have a few different ideas like this in the pipeline what do you think about hgtv shows are trash should we wait and see how one of yes. the yeah? Let's see uh, how like, the MTV one goes. Or Canadian shows are trash, and then and yeah. then bef- oh yeah, and Canadian shows are trash, which is already on the wheel. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's say I, I'm happy to do this. I think it'll be a good episode, but I, I don't think we need 50 different channel shows are trash on the wheel at once. So okay, let's, let's see wait. how one goes, and then yeah. we'll. I think it'll be fine. I can't imagine it would it will go poorly. Yeah, why, but do you watch any HGTV stuff? No, but I would like to try it. I don't watch any of them. Okay. Um, okay, this is from Nicole, not your wife. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, she's you, definitely you didn't have to say anything. Uh, this is called Rob and Akiva Crash Our Wedding. Okay. My fiance and I are getting married September 21st in Springfield, Missouri. Mazel tov. Nobody's ever said to Mazel tov in Springfield, Missouri before. Mm-hmm. You guys should come crash our wedding. You can podcast during the reception. We'll set you up a, a nice podcasting booth. You can do play-by-play of my drunk uncle dancing, interview different family members, make fun of my crazy, my fiance's crazy aunt, etc. It'll be fun. By the way, big fans of your show and RHP five stars. Also, I'll send you an invite. I know you like to be invited to things. And she did, in fact, attach an invite for us. Okay. I feel um, like that this is your wheelhouse. You want to talk about people's weddings. You want to be involved in people's nuptials. Mm-hmm. My only question for Nicole was she sent us the invitation and her, um, her fiance has a funny last name. And I said, are you, are you taking his funny last name? And she said, yes. Okay. Um, the, uh, the, what's it called? Uh, I do, I cannot go to a wedding on September 21st in Springfield, Missouri. Mm-hmm. I assume you cannot either. Probably. I, I mean, probably. I want to make an offer uh, not, to Nicole. Yes. What if we sent two listeners to her wedding? Hmm. And like that sort of like meet me in Omaha, which is banned because it did not get picked in the idea bracket. What if we sent like two random listeners, maybe one from the East Coast, one from the West Coast? They're not meeting in the middle, but they are meeting in Missouri. Meet me in Missouri. We send two listeners. They will be on their best behavior. They will not tell anybody at the wedding. They'll just say, hey, I'm an old friend of Nicole or her fiance with a funny last name. Are they getting uh, a table? The, our listeners? Yes, they're getting like, yeah, they're at the wedding. OK, uh, they can't tell anybody. They'll sort of like stealthily record audio for us. Um, they or maybe they'll say they're like journalists. I'm not sure what 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 the idea is. OK. Uh, and then they'll come back on the podcast afterwards and report to us how the wedding went. And it could even be a date situation where we could set up like two listeners who are going on a first date at a stranger's wedding. I think that's funny. <sighs> I mean, if we add the date element to it, but I, I do kind of feel like with all due respect that this yeah. is like. Probably if I'm a if I I think about it, if I was a listener and this showed up okay. in my podcast feed and 
the podcast was Robin Akiva sent two listeners to some stranger's wedding. Okay, but what if it's a first date and they're sort of recording audio? I think that 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 hook, I would listen. If I'm a listener and my favorite podcast, Robin mm-hmm. Akiva Need a Podcast, in spite of this episode. Um, Wait, this is a bad the, episode now? No, it's a good one. I don't know. I just We just like making fun of ourselves okay. during the episode. Um, the, uh, we sent listeners. Nobody's ever done this before. I like doing things that nobody's ever done. Mm-hmm. We're sending two listeners on a date at a wedding. Nobody's going to know that they're that they're on a first date. Nobody's going to know that they're there for a podcast. I assume mm-hmm. none of her relatives listen to the uh, li- this show. And I'm sure we could get something out of it. And if not, it's a total disaster. That could be funny, too. Then we'll have them both on. You know, maybe they fell in love. We could have people find, okay. you know. All right. So it let's could be a do double this. wedding. They could get married at Nicole's okay. wedding. Let's have the listeners uh, chime in to. Wait, no, before us- they even do that. Time out. What? I, I, I have to like Nicole has to approve this idea first before, okay. you know, before we even get that. So if she's because she invited us, she did not invite our listeners. She seems like she's up for a good time if she's doing that. Like if she's willing Whoa. to have us <laughs> like I'm saying she's like. If she's she's laid back about her wedding, if she's willing to let us come to the wedding and podcast during the reception, mm-hmm. um, which we which Chester and I did do during uh, Sammy Chester, Alex's uh, brother's wedding. And we had a good time doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, if she's up for letting two listeners who will be respectful, they will not ruin your wedding, uh, come to the wedding, possibly on a date uh, and just hang out. Then I think we will get we'll be inundated with people who want to do it because when we wanted to do meet me in the middle, a lot of people were up for it. And I think this is even more fun. And it's a weekend. OK, um, so let's let's let Nicole prove it. And if so, we'll open up the floodgates next week. But then hypothetically. So yeah. this wedding is on September 21st. Then yeah. on, on September 22nd, this goes up on the wheel. And then it might be a year later that the listeners are going to tell us how this wedding was. I mean, it's possible. Like, think about the anticipation that will build. It'll be like the Oregon Trail. All yeah. Over. Okay. I, I'm less bullish on this idea than than you are. As as with most of these like wedding related ideas, uh, mm-hmm. people uh, send in. I don't know how we got pigeonholed as the wedding guys, Rob. Yeah, but I know you're always you're always up for it, and I'm always pretty uh, n- uh not super. I think I, I think like that. There's like four twists here. Like we're sending listeners to a wedding. They're on a first date. Nobody knows who they're there. I do think like they're going to record audio. I think there's something on on the I think there's meat on that bone. But let's see. I, I um, think that my lesson has been on these podcasts where it's like, uh, eh, there's probably enough there. Sure. Let's give it a shot. I feel like very nervous about that as opposed to where we clearly know what the podcast is going to be. I mean, you were you were down on the Rehapsler and and like I feel like that turned out. I was more down on the Rehapsular because I was very worried about the uh, liability of uh, putting, sending strangers out to but go. We made people meet promise they weren't serial killers. Yeah. Okay. We made people promise. By the way, just a reminder to the people coming to Minnesota: no, no serial killers allowed. We made that very clear. Oh yeah, yeah. We should have put that on the Eventbrite actually. If you could change the Eventbrite, mm-hmm. to mention that. We'll update it. Um, yeah. All right. Pirate Tom says it would be funny to hear you guys discuss and answer philosophical questions. Title could be Robin Akiva find the meaning of life. Thought of it after listening to your short discussion about aliens in an earlier episode. I'd be happy to submit questions for you guys to discuss. Boy, uh, that seems kind of heavy. Akiva, I like the. I do like the title. Robin Akiva find the meaning of life. That is a funny title. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're too dumb or at least I'm too dumb. I don't want to say you're dumb, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like we'll be exposed. That's the Robin Akiva get exposed. Right. And it also doesn't <laughs> sound fun. 
No, like I mean, maybe it's like one of these like fun for five minute ideas, but I'm not sure it's fun. Um, yeah, I think the idea of Robin Akiva need a podcast, uh, you really uh, at its core is to get you to, you know, take your mind off of thinking about what is the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do that. Um, how about this? For, fourth and final idea on Mount Rahatmore this Mount Renatmore this week. Uh, my friend, Andrew. Childhood friend Andrew, childhood for Akiva's childhood uh, correspondent Andrew, used to have a blog. It was about being a better husband. When he first got married, go on blog, yeah, and he would and he would just give tips every day. Would be like a new tip, like here's you know, hey, like uh, you know, when your wife you know is is uh, is out at the gym, like go get her car's oil changed, or you know, buy flowers once in a while randomly, just like random marriage tips to become a better husband. And I assume the blog has been abandoned for like, I, I don't even remember the URL, but I'm assuming it's been abandoned for like a decade, like all blogs at this point. Yeah. What if we, what if we went through the blog and we, uh, we read through his, his 10 year old blog. There's like 150 marriage tips on it, if I remember correctly. And we become better husbands. Hmm. Uh, so I liked where this was going until the last part. Uh, well, what do you want to do? You could, we could tweak it. I mean, do we want to like, Take each of us, like, take the tips and work on it for a week and see what our wives say. Like, no, what, uh, no, I think we talk about if the tips are trash. Uh, that, okay, why, so why is childhood expert? Yeah, we do that. Uh, he's the childhood expert on Akiva. Why, how is he mm-hmm. the husband expert? He's a very good husband. Uh, how do, did his wife write the blog? No, he wrote the blog. Listen, any husband, husband who's taking the time to write a blog about what a good yeah. husband they are, yeah. guess what? Probably yeah. not a good husband. That's such a bad take. Uh, because me and you would never do that because it's embarrassing. We're, we're like we'd be in court the next day For, if we started a blog r- about what good husbands. Rule we are. number one: being a good husband. Don't write a blog about what a good husband you I'm are for totally the world to untrue. see. The only people he's actually taking the time and think, oh, you're so wrong here. Mm-hmm. He's taking the time to think about how to be a good husband. We've never spent one day of our lives thinking about how we could be better husbands. Well. No, I'm talking about it. I've thought about it. I've thought about it. I, th- I think about, okay, well, what's the, in fact, what's the, in fact, what's the upside? Rob, you, what's the downside? You are into yeah. this idea until I mentioned us possibly using some of the tips to improve our marriages. And then you were out on that. There's, there's no tips that are going to improve anything, Akiva. Okay. Uh, that listen, that there's, uh, I've thought, I've thought long and hard about all of this. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I would be into thumbs up or thumbs down. Tips are trash. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, tips are trash. I think is not is not. Uh, you know, it doesn't explain enough. I think it would have to be like the podcast would have to be Robin Akiva become better husbands. I think uh, that would be the name of it. Sure, fine. But you know, uh, then then we'd have to actually do the tips. And no, we don't have to do the tips. Back. If you don't want to do the tips, we don't have to. We don't have to. Or what if like we send the list to our wives and they have to pick one thing and then we'll try and get better. No, at that. I, I think that the funniest uh, version of this is we read the tips and we talk about would they work? Uh, is this a good tip? Bad tip? OK. Uh, did childhood friend Andrew just make this up? There's no way he yeah. really did this. Yes. I think he's a very good husband, though. Well, they, we should then you should email his wife also and ask how many of these tips did he actually do? Okay, I, I can definitely. Oh, if you want this to be an indictment of my friend Andrew, I'd be happy. I will happily email his wife. I don't want to drag Andrew. Oh no, we could drag Andrew. I'm okay. saying I can happily email his wife, and and uh, but I, I I she's not like my wife. Like if you ask questions, be like, oh no, no, like he's a moron. I feel like his wife like will say he's a good guy. Okay, 
Uh, we'll see. I mean, you want to. Th- I think you think it's impossible for anyone to be a good husband. I think that you like you think that uh, you think that if he's um, this is like whoever smelt the Delta situation where you think like he's podcasting about it. Yeah, because uh, he's like, overcompensating. He's uh, overcompensating. Uh, is it possible to be good? Yeah, no, I think it's de- it's definitely possible to be. How about this? My dad is a very good husband. Where, like he just he's him and my mom have never been in an argument in their life, and they um, and he does whatever she says. All the like, if she said, "Hey, Louie, I, uh, I like forgot, uh, you know, a nickel in, uh, like, I forgot, you know, like, I, I lost a four dollar earring in, um, in Wichita, Kansas. Can you drive there and pick it up? He would get in the car and he'd drive right then. Yeah, and your mom is is uh, happy most of the time. Yeah, yeah, because she's got a husband who who is uh, great to her. Hmm. The problem is, what if like you were you were that husband's son and then. Like your hypothetical wife, so like, oh, he's like the best husband in the world, and I got this idiot. Yeah, look, uh, I'd yeah. be interested in uh, talking it through. Um, All right, so better should we put that on the wheel? Let, why don't we put it into the just let, let's get some feedback from the listeners okay. on on this? The people want to hear us yeah. become better husbands. Yeah. Okay, so we'll put that in the wheel right now. But I and think this that is might a, make this is almost wheel. like the you know uh, advice for and this is like husband know it alls of like uh, we have the. New dad know it all. This is sort of mm-hmm. a little bit of husband know it alls, and we are. Sort Should of we like, take questions as part of the podcast? Could that be like part two of that episode? Sure. Where, yeah, Matt, we 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 take husband advice. Yeah, or it could be wives also. Yeah, any any spouse combination. That's um, fine. You don't even have to be married. Um, yeah. All right. I think uh, I think we're good. I think we could spin the wheel. Okay. All right. Let's wait. Talk. Can I can I go over a couple quick uh, uh, just in case we uh, actually if we if we lands in the fishbowl I have a few things to discuss but okay. we don't have to discuss it. Okay. If it doesn't land. All right. Here we go. Uh, season three, episode seven. We are moving up to eight episodes. Oh uh, eight spots on the wheel. Uh, then uh, we have our coin flip. Never come up. The Oregon Trail never came up. Uh, MTV shows are trash. By in- the way, Rob. Yes. I I uh, just went to like double check and make sure the Oregon Trail was a playable game. Yes, is it? And I and not only is it a playable game, I played for a few minutes. It's a delight. I think that's going to be a very okay. fun podcast. All right, and that, it should not be on the live show wheel though, right? I mean, do we have a screen? You know what I mean? We need like a big screen. Well, that let's, okay, let's, okay, ask Scott St. Pierre. Can we project to a screen? I, I kind of think the Oregon Trail would play well in the room. Yeah, like imagine because, if we die. the problem is, what if we die? Well, well in, no, like, here's the, the thing. So place. it's always like, uh, like for the other people that are in the in the party, uh, unless it's not me and you, then they, or we could like have either five people that are in the party and it's mm-hmm. not us and we're just sort of broadcasting it. But it's like, yeah. oh, Chester has died. I'm like, all right, good night, Chester. Like, you know, you have to uh, they, they're off the stage at that point. But the, the problem is, if you or I die, then we're not on our own podcast. That's anymore. right. So that's why maybe me or you should not be in the. the, the uh, so in, we, we like and maybe the first part of the podcast we could we could do is uh, have like five. We could pick five listeners out of the crowd. Yeah. But could we and like skip, they're on the trail with us? Can we skip the part where we're like shooting uh, squirrels that uh, I feel like that that's not going to play good in the in, in the live show? Well, you don't shoot the squirrels. There's only one pound of meat. You got to shoot like the big bear. Yeah, shoot the oxen or something. Um, yeah. But okay, I feel like that part wouldn't play as good. Well, you'd uh, have to start as a banker then, because if you have more money, then you don't need to shoot. But if you're one of the poor, like if we do the podcast, just me and you, I think we have to, you have to like play it on the hard mode and be like the poor people. But then you have to shoot the you have to you have to shoot to eat because you'll run out of food. Okay. I know this from playing the game ten thousand okay. times. All right. Uh, infomercials are trash with Eric Stein. Eric uh, the Stein. Summer Stein is, is back. And so uh, Eric Stein is in the mix. Uh, the Royal Rumble. 
Yeah, that would be a fun day if that gets picked. Uh, the crappy movie diaper uh, minus That's national zero. treasure. That that is zero this week. Okay, all right. So crappy Expect movie diaper. Is no, it was at zero. Oh no, that, that's when it came up last time. Okay, because we just did so. It. All right, crappy that's movie diaper is at zero for this time out on the wheel. Uh, what are we gonna do about the wheel spin at the live show? Are we gonna have just uh, be able? I to- think somebody's making us a wheel. I, if if you told me you were making us a wheel, hit me up again because I've forgotten who you are. But at least two people said they were they had a wheel for us. Okay. Uh, then we also have millennials killed it. All the things that the millennials have killed. Uh, the census. Uh, the sequel mechanism, which I think only has uh, one show yeah, in it that, right now. That has to have one one spot right now because it only has one show. Okay. Um, is there anything else to update from 10 shows back? All right, let's we- look at 10 shows back. Uh, just because we haven't mentioned in a few weeks. Kiva's Mystery Episode. No, the stand tournament. Uh, well, we stand the King Cake paper. We can't stand anything else right now. Mm hmm. Uh, the TV theme song bracket. We're not doing that right now. Robin Akiva solve a murder. We're not doing, we're not watching more CSI <laughs> no. New York. We're going to watch so CSI it. cyber. Yeah, that's it. Okay. All right. Uh, and then we, and then we had a couple of season three, episode sevens uh, on the horizon of, uh, yes. we, we had Those our nine two and and Riverdale back to back. So, uh, I think the next one coming up for the sequel bracket uh, contention or the sequel mechanism, uh, Total Idea Request Live was episode yeah, 32. Yeah, I think that could come back, but that's we're not a 10 And uh, believe yet. it or not, Win Shut Up Tim's Money uh, was uh, number 33. Yeah, you think that should come back or no? <laughs> I mean, I thought Shut Up Tim was, uh, was uh, really good. I, I don't think that the game necessarily. Yeah, uh, we could do something other than like Win Ben Stein's I, money. I think Shut Up Tim as a guest, I think, was uh, more yes, uh, more popular than uh, the actual game Win Shut Up Tim's Money because nobody actually remembers that show. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, there's a couple other things that we haven't done that eventually could get back on the sequel mechanism. I think Star Wars, maybe when Star Wars is is uh, back in theaters this winter, maybe we could do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, well, then there's also uh, Mount Rushmore, uh, Millennial Judge, Canadian Shows Are Trash, and the Roast of Robin Akiva, not eligible for this week, but uh, as of next week, we'll be back in contention. No, okay. Okay. All right. So, Akiva, we've got a... Uh, oh, actually, and last week, because of Canada Day, happy Canada Day weekend for everybody observing... Uh, mm-hmm. Canadian shows are trash. Was up to All five spots on the wheel, uh, and then uh, should we should we keep it as five for one more week? Because it is Canada Day weekend now. Mm-hmm. Should Canada should Canadian shows are trash get the the Canada Day present of a second week with five slots on the wheel? Uh, uh look, it got its one. That that was the okay. deal. Come on, all right, come on, all right, fine. Don't be like uh, you know. <laughs> give, give these Canadians a centimeter, and they uh, okay. take a kilometer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's uh, save the settings on the wheel and go ahead and get ready to launch. And here we go, Akiva. Show number forty-one, Seaver Way. Here hmm. we go. All right course we'll talk about more live show ideas next week when we get done talking about okay mtv shows are trash wow well okay all right so is ali lasher available is going to be the first question i believe this is the second time this has come up yes Okay. Um, so Ali Lasher, she is in the middle of studying for uh, the bar exam. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, try not to bother her recently. Okay. Um, I think, she, I, but she's also, if you know Ali Lasher, she's on top of her game as much as anybody. If she was totally unavailable, she would have sent us a message saying, hey, I'm unavailable. Also, I think we're a little flexible with next week's show because it is our only show until we go to Minnesota. Yes. Okay. So in theory, if we had to post it on like a Tuesday or something, it would be fine also. Yes. So unless she has uh, some other situation going on. Like she wants to pass the bar. Yes. Okay. All right. So she'll let let us know. And also, if that that show is happening, uh, I think the three shows we're going to talk about are uh, next. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think um, Room Raiders. Okay, and then either uh, date my mom or parental control. Allie, Allie had a take on that one, but I forget which one she liked. So it's three. It's what it's similar to Canadian TV shows of trash. Watching three different TV shows and talking about them all. Okay, all right. So there you go. Uh, lots of fun stuff coming up in Renap Forty One. Okay, uh, you want to talk through any reviews we got since the last time out? It's been a minute. I think since we talked about our mm-hmm. ratings and reviews. Go to Rob has a website.com slash R A A N A P to leave us a review in the Apple podcast store over uh, 200 five star reviews in the Apple podcast store. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at some of the most recent reviews. Uh, here's one from Kate's 2424 took me a while to warm up, but now I loved it. Okay. Uh, like Costanza. Uh, I've changed this review so many times because there, people are allowed to go and change their reviews. Yeah, I think they want you to, if they realize if you change it, it goes to the top of the queue and then you read it again. Okay, so should I be asking people to rate and review or update your review? No, I don't know. Well, a lot of podcasts that are really good on the charts have people unsubscribe and then resubscribe. Yeah. So, we have that, so everyone do that this week. Unsubscribe and then resubscribe. That, I think that. that's an a, uh, underhanded move. So I don't think we should be recommending people do that. Okay, don't do that. But if it, in theory, they you can do, do, that, do it People works. can do it if they, if they want to, but we, we cannot recommend that. that okay, we, that. we will not say unsubscribe and resubscribe because it'll get us up the charts. Okay. Um, uh, but she says that uh, I've changed this review so many times because every episode I have different feelings. I skip some in the beginning. The Madden episode was really not my thing, but I've gone back and I've listened to all the episodes and I love it. Now I'm caught up and I can't wait until the next episode. Conspirapod should happen at least once every two months because it's the best. Also more Kayla. She's hilarious. All right. Okay. I'll tell Kayla. Uh, yeah. Earlier this month, uh, reality JKE said they named a baby. On the podcast, what more can I say? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, we also have uh, Give It a Chance. Do not regret it. Love listening to these guys and love this concept. Every week I listen to News AF and I heard Rob talk about The Wheel, one of my favorite podcasts now. Okay. Oh, thanks for, thanks for plugging it. There you go. All right. So, Akiva, that's what's mm-hmm. going on over on Apple Podcasts. Okay. What else? What else do we have? I don't know. Anything? I mean, uh, are you are you excited? We're going to we're going to we really have never spent any time in person together. We're going to mm-hmm. do that in a couple weeks. Yeah, I've never okay. I've never roomed with Chester before. Yeah. What's that going to be, like? be an adventure? Yeah. Um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of time in the room, though. No, there won't be a lot of time in the room. I will. By the way, one thing that happened this week, because we we outgrew our uh, venue. I did pitch Robin the idea. I wonder what people would think about this. And you did not like this idea. I did not like it. Where, but it's, it's, you have to give me creative points. I think it's funny. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, I said, like, if we have one venue and it only seats a certain amount of people and we have that much, you know, one point, if it only seats X and we have 1.5 X, why not just split 
the show, do like a seven o'clock early show and then a nine o'clock light night show. And we'll do two different podcasts with two different wheels. But the people that came to see us aren't going to be like, okay, well, uh, I guess I don't have to go to the second podcast. I mean, okay, like what what are people going to do while we're doing another podcast? First off, that it's going to be a day. Welcome. Anyone who wants to come to both can come to both. It's just well, the problem was the room capacity was uh, the issue. What do you mean? Where where, the room capacity where some people will opt to go to the night show. Some people will go to the the early show and some people go to both. And and then we don't we won't be over capacity. Uh, I think that we were so far over capacity that it was. But if you going, sent an email saying, "Hey, who wants to come pick at nine? Which show you want to go to? Pick which show you uh, want to go to. I think uh, it would have been fine. I think it would have been uh, too tough. And also, this is a day where we're going. To, we're flying into Minnesota. Okay, we're going to a baseball game on Tuesday yeah. night. Then ice we're waking tournament. up early and going to an ice cream tournament. Then we're Jeez. going to a baseball game, and then we're doing two podcasts at night. I mean, this is that's our mo. We do stupid things, Rob. I know, but not stupid things for that. Many hours in a row. Yeah, that would be a long day. Well, it's, well, it's, a, it's a long day. Uh, one thing that I have been uh, thinking about, if, if people have ideas for what are we doing potentially after the show on Wednesday night, if we could get some, I don't know if we need to like make a reservation somewhere, but uh, that I, I would think that when we get done with the podcast around like nine o'clock or nine 30 or so uh, that uh, it would be good to have someplace else to go uh, after the fact, but we'd have to do that sort of like in coordination with uh, you know, Scott and, and where our venue is going to be. Yeah. All right. We'll figure that out. I feel like uh, it doesn't apply to most of the people listening. Right. But if we have some people that have uh, some uh, feet on the ground, locals, locals, uh, you know, message Rob and I ideas at uh, what's the email address if you want to send in a mailbag idea or any other information. It is need a podcast at Rob has a website dot com or Seinfeld at post show recaps dot com. Okay. Uh, We have breaking news. Do we have a breaking news uh, soundbite? Yes. Okay. Uh, Let's go to our uh, Kiva Winokur, who has some breaking news. Breaking news. It's happening now. Yeah. Okay. So Ali Lasher said, wow, I'm blown away by the timing. I was just thinking about this and I was about to message you Uh to see when I need to get off the wheel before the bar. I just so crazy. I just came to, to to ask you the wheel. She says really does hear you. OK, so, so she thinks the wheel. Ha- maybe the wheel does have magical powers. I do think the maybe wheel we need to powers. look under the wheel and see if there is treasure. So what's she saying? She can't do it. No, she's saying she can't because oh, okay. this is the perfect this week. Is the last After week. this week. OK, we would good. have had no lasher for a while. Right. All right. So we're good. Yeah, we Ali Lasher will be here next week. Yes. It was right. a roller coaster. Great. And she's doing all three. This isn't like one of these things where one person is talking about next and one person is talking no, about. No, no, it's all Lasher. What what takes what Ali Lasher could do on her own takes the entire country of Canada to do for Canadian TV <laughs> shows are trash. OK. All right. Follow Akiva on uh, social media. He is uh, at Kiev 26. Uh, what's been going on on the uh, 32 fans podcast? Um. Full breakdown of the uh, Democratic primary debates. I'm sure Chester wants Chester wants to do that. Also, I lost my phone for three days until my daughter just came in before. So I am blissfully unaware of what's going on in my life. Like I have I'm sure I have messages from Chester, but they're all on WhatsApp and I don't I don't have access to them because my phone's been dead. Mm-hmm. So maybe he wants to do that uh, be, in honor of us going to Minnesota, I love the, we, the uh, Chester pictures that you're posting this week. Yes. In honor of Chester's birthday, I posted a bunch of embarrassing pictures of Chester. 
Luckily, I'm the least photographed man alive. So Chester, I don't think has any embarrassing pictures of me unless he is uh, dastardly enough to go behind my back yeah. to my uh, my wife. What, what is this one? He's in a black swan costume. There's so yeah, you should go to my my Twitter. There's some wild Chester pictures on there. And by the way, I was nice. Like and also I'm bad at like. <laughs> Uh, like uh, cutting things around and I'm lazy. So like I didn't like if there was a picture of his wife or his kids, like I, I didn't yeah. include those. But there was some really bad ones mm-hmm. um, that I that not like bad, like you get canceled. I mean, bad that it's like embarrassing. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, Chester and I this week in honor of us going to Minnesota, we ranked the uh, the greatest. Uh, we picked the greatest Minnesotan of all time. And I realized like five minutes in the bracket, I'm like, oh, will Rob get mad that I didn't. Uh, Offer him this as part of the live podcast wheel, because maybe this would be very appropriate to do in Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, Rob kindly informed us in the 32 fans Facebook group afterwards. Oh, thank God you did this. No one. issue. I know. I that was a good call. You don't, you didn't need to run that one past me. Yeah, I, it would have been an OK idea. In hindsight, it's good that we played it out because it wouldn't have been fun for the live wheel. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not it wouldn't have been the craziest idea in the world to do that live. OK. All right. Great job, Akiva Winokur. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back on next weekend. You better attend. Robin Akiva, need a podcast. This episode of Robin and Need a Podcast is sponsored by our friends over at True Car. Every car comes with its share of stories, like that ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date, the luxury package you got after a big promotion, or the mileage you save by riding your bike all summer long. While you can't put a price tag on your stories now with True Car, you can at least find out what your car is worth when it's time to sell it or to trade it in. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch your car's details pop up and answer a few questions. Navigation and moonroof. Watch as they bump up your car's value. High mileage. You already knew it was going to cost you, but now you'll know how much it's going to ding your wallet so you can plan ahead. And once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you could take to a local certified dealer to cash out or to trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True cash offer not available in all areas.